Today, on the uh, Nonprofit Podcast, I have a good, I'll, I'll call you a good friend, Rob. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Um, visiting from Seattle, who's also attended a symposium in the past, and we have some some background that we might get into. And, uh, and then a, a random young kid who's uh, just been commissioned and on his way to, uh, to the infantry, Mitchell. And we'll just leave it at that. And, and that's a pretty solid and, intro. Yeah, I mean, of course for me. <laughs> so that I mean, I mean, just out of I, I am actually when, when we talked yesterday, I was actually delighted that the whole ROTC program still exists. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and and at what sort of what age does one qualify to? That's a college. Yeah. Thing. So I, I think there's our, a junior program for high school. Is, is that d- yes. It, it depends on what state you're in, whether they act, actually have an active program or not. Okay. Um, but uh, Washington, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't. There we go. Did you hear that? You got a yeah. little closer to yep. the microphone, started sounding better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Washington, <laughs> Washington, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't have an active junior ROTC program. But okay. Uh, we do actually have a little bit in some so schools, but for, generally, from what I've been told, it is not amazing. <laughs> I. I <laughs> With, with without being o- overly critical, th- there is a non-trivial portion of the folks that I have seen come out of it who I've been less than impressed with. De- definitely been some great <laughs> folks as well, but the, the people who feel the need to tell you that they were in the program generally are the ones that you don't want to be in the real Rossi program. That's a nice little filter. I um, it's like everyone who wants to be a jail guard. That should be the first question you ask, and you boot almost all of them. All, yeah, that's. Uh... I, I would go out on a limb and say that's practically officer speak right there, what you just Fair. did, <laughs> which I was sort of first clued into. I mean, having obviously there was I, I did have some officers that, you mm-hmm. know, to, with all of the military training that I did. Um, and, you know, there's just a different feeling. But uh, I, I do believe it was perhaps on the silver screen, rendered most accurately when uh, Tom Hanks does his little bit in Saving Private Ryan when they, they ask him about, you know, hey, when you speak to people up the chain, how do you, mm-hmm. uh, how do, you do it? And he goes, I, and, and his use of the word moreover was perfect. Well, in my opinion. <laughs> I think insofar as you've provided us a good example. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I will say that uh, there's there's a certain amount of, you know, what they call code switching. Yes. So what gets said in the team room or the, you know, out, of, out at lunch or during training yeah. is definitely a different language than when you're speaking to your, your boss or his boss. It would be one of those examples, I guess, in the English language where a certain formality uh, either does not exist or it exists. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since I've actually had the pleasure of, that, of uh, having Elodie here for the last four or five weeks um, and, uh, you know, being a French native, I've been, mm. you know, uh, 
uh, I've had the opportunity to, to practice and it's been fucking great. Um, but I also notice like, okay, in the French language, you have a, form, a formal mm -hmm. um, uh, m uh, mode of addressing people and then you have a more uh, personal. Like or, to or yeah, exactly. Or exactly. And I learned only sort of the very personal, the, mm -hmm. to, I, you know, so I tutoie to everybody. And, um, and I have tried to practice a little bit with a more formal thing, but, but in English, it's just not like that. Except when socially dictated. Yes, yes. I, I think the, the 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 barrier is less exact. Like it, I think that there's generally more carefulness and more qualification put into that sort that sort of formal speech. But I don't think that there is necessarily like a, a, as clear a difference of like you know you don't, you don't necessarily conjugate things differently. Well, exactly. Yeah. But you might use adverbs more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In certain points. When trying to soften a directive to someone who yes. may be not open to receive direction. And the, what we'll call the, the, the infinitely flexible part of speech that can, can be substituted for every kind of word. Certainly. You can sort of increase in usage and decrease in usage depending on who you're talking with. Yeah. yeah. But to, to your point about the uh, social dictation, um, Maybe a generational thing, because I've actually had recently someone introduce themselves to me as Mrs. So-and-so. Oh. And it's like, that's odd. I mean, Wait, Mrs. as in, and using then her I am. Yeah, I am I'm Mrs. Mrs. So-and-so. But it's like, okay, I'm, I'm 53. We're, we, don't have this, we don't have that sort of social stratification where I'm going to call you something other than your first name. But Mrs. Yeah. and then uh, um, her last name. And then referred to herself as her husband? Like, yeah. I am Mrs. Timothy so-and-so. Did, so she didn't, give the, first, didn't okay. give the first name. It's Yeah. But it was very interesting. Well, I haven't come across that in a long time. The f yeah, I, I that may be a couple of generational <laughs> like yeah. levels out. I, I guess I did. I did see it in the army where there were civilian instructors who wanted to establish that they were authorities, and therefore when you're when you're sitting in a classroom, you know, because subject matter expert exactly. does not confer enough authority. Exactly. It's yeah. like we're all here. Our our food chain has sent us here. We have to do what you say. You really don't have to establish dominance any more than that. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah, we've already been dominated. We know we've the deal. We've already been yes. told that we're, <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to listen and pretend to take notes. Yeah, chances yeah. are some of us voluntold or we're voluntold, but, whatever. But tell you what, you're an obese person talking to me about nutrition. I refuse to take notes. There you go. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> not that that ever happened. And I'm I'm thinking of occasions where we would get all sorts of other training that did not go over very well because the people who were conveying the information didn't understand their target audience. Yeah, um, we had pe people who had different views of how uh, we'll say spousal communications were supposed to work, and <laughs> okay. some, and some things were considered unacceptable. And when you're Talking with a room full of uh, Green Berets yeah. who are on their second or third divorce, perhaps they have a different view of, of what's acceptable of what's and acceptable. what's not. And uh, yeah, I was kind of chuckling yesterday in conversation when um, <clears throat> Derek was referring to someone who mm -hmm. had you know twenty two and twice divorced. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're a perfect fit for this exactly. program. <laughs> I, I believe that's actually on the recruiting checklist. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. De yeah. Definitely not mm. your traditional life choices. No, but um, the people who end up 
in that particular community tend not to be, and we talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, distribution on the bell curve. There are a lot of other places where it's like, you know, oh, that's interesting. Yes. <laughs> you're, so you're not from this, you know, quartile or whatever, you're over here. Or, you know, in terms of compassion, perhaps over here. Who knows? Well, I mean, appropriately uh, expressed compassion. Fair. Or, yeah, it may not just be, you know, I love everyone. You write yeah, out of the gate. That's not going to work generally. Yeah, generally <laughs> might be, My, be unselected. Yeah, for ma- many people are, are, are fairly capable of masking their love for humanity as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Because got to get the job done. Well, is true. Um, something that, uh, and, and now I can't even remember what we were um, speaking of in the office before. I was like, oh, we should record uh, now <laughs> these these conversations because okay. you know p- part of it, I guess, was um, you know some of the the universality of certain lessons in certain books, you know, and 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 sure. having the opportunity, you know, because I know that one of the first first questions that uh, <clears throat> uh, Mitchell w- wanted to ask today. <laughs> which I preempted by handing him, a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, handing him a book was what should I be reading? And, right. and I, you know, it, t- t- this is for me, this is like a, a really one, you know, there, there are arcane sort of texts mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe not be appropriate or, or were super appropriate for me. You know, let's just in, in, in the, you know, my time when I was a certain age and trying to make my, you know, become somebody else. Um, other than who, you know, given, you know, g- g- carrying the weight that I was carrying, given whatever gifts that I had and ambitions that came along with that, which were either rebellion or I was right in line with what I was supposed to be doing. Sure. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, but certain, certain books, I'm just like, oh y- yeah, I, y- one could say like, read the biography of Teddy Roosevelt and you go, which one? Well, the thick one, obviously. Um, so like like yeah that's that's kind of lip service to a thing because if you you know if the if the objective is to become the man in the arena then like why don't read why not read the book about the dude who did sure um or you know because i could think back of like things that were informative and but also things where i was just sort of not finding my own way there Mm mm-hmm and so you just wove three of the things we we're going to talk about together ah, on one sentence. Okay, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> and because who do I? What do I need to read? I mean, it was a it was a really important thing for me. What do I want to? What does the guy who I want to become read to become that person? Mm-hmm. And I, I think there might be some explanation in, in Kiss or Kill, um, or it might be in the. Uh, in the apologia in the back of extreme alpinism of, of just like, look, I only read things that I thought were appropriate for that person. And, you know, I rejected anybody, uh, I- any writing that I perceived could make me weak, you know, or, or, or something like that. Or, or, uh, um, so if I read the, the biography of Alexander the Great, well, how useful is that? I don't know. It depends on whether you're going to India or not, I suppose. Uh, yes. Or other. Or uh, Afghanistan. Or, or Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For example, where, or, and you know, all, I read all of the, the, the stuff related to climbing as much as I possibly could. Because I think you, need to, you also need to know the, the history of the activity and why things are done in a certain way and how things got discovered. And you mean the whole thing about learning from other people's mistakes rather than making them for the first time on your own? 
Well, you'll get to do that too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and 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 then refer back to. Damn, I already knew this. this. I read, but I read shit, this. that burner was hot. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand why he said don't do that. Yeah, or you know, uh, yeah. Any any number of lessons came. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, were were learned and relearned and then relearned, um, and still. And and how much of how much of that do you think has to do with timing? I mean, Mitchell and I, and and I've talked with some of my martial arts instructors as well, or, yeah. or people like, you know, cross hands with, you know, t- talking about how much they value this particular teacher who they met at this particular time. And one of my questions to them always is, okay, you met that person at this time. Yeah. What would have happened if you met him? Um, and I'm thinking of, of Maya Soderholm and Sonny Umpad, who some people will know who they are and other people won't. Uh, okay. But, but, but talking with Maya, and it's the question is okay. If you had met Sonny ten years earlier, yeah, would he have been the teacher that you could have learned what you have from, and would he have been in the state where he could have been the teacher that you needed? And, and I, I would ask the same question for books as well. You know, oh yeah. If you if you read them at the wrong time, you might not be able to appreciate the lessons, or you might already have them. In, in which case, you've come about them a different way and it's not necessarily a great use of your time to read the book i like that this book um was uh which is boyd uh it's the biography of john boyd i think it's the robert corum um is the author and uh um i I was i was ready for that in 2004 but when i was becoming a climber i wasn't ready for that Mm -hmm. like i wasn't involved i hadn't read you know, whatever other literature preceded this, like, oh, you know, somebody hands me a little handbook called, you know, the soldier's load and the mobility of a nation, you know, when I had started training guys. Mm -hmm. And I took so much fitness stuff out of that. Like, sure. You know, it was like so applicable that, I mean, everything that, you know, we had learned and expressed, you know, by other and arrived at conclusions or conclusions that we arrived at by other means or other methods in the mountains was in that book. Sure. Um, and it had been written post-World War II. Well, and, ta- and talking with Derek yesterday about various people looking over various old manuals. Yes. For, hey, someone else has cracked this code and we don't need to. And we don't need to go read. We don't need to go. Yeah. We, we don't, don't need, need to go yet. lose toes to yeah. learn, you know, a little bit about cold weather stuff. So when, like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe wool socks are better than, you know, folded, folded, you know, sheets and blankets around your feet. It's in, Perhaps. It, it's feasible, fe- fe- possible. I'd, I'd like to test that theory. Um, <laughs> someone should. Someone, not, no, I'd like to be me. Excuse, <laughs> I was actually, excuse me. That's what I meant. I'd like someone else to, oh, they already have, and it's, yeah. in, and it's, yeah, in, yeah. A, and it's in a book. Yeah, and I, I think also that was very interesting for the timing and the relevance because what, what he was talking about was stuff that ha- had been developed much earlier but hadn't been as re- relevant again until as recently. Yeah. Context change. It, well, exactly, or if you're preparing to... Um, I, we're never going to fight in the desert again, right? Or <laughs> however, that was that's, that's like, why we canceled canceled Desert Phase of Ranger School, and I think nineteen ninety four or five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I did, I love that that stuff because, um, you know, I got involved with military training pr- just prior to uh, in I mean in nineteen ninety nine, so just pri- obviously mm-hmm. prior to nine eleven, and had you know been, but but. D- Somebody had enough forward or foresight to recognize that, you know, cold weather and high altitude 
I don't, I don't think any, but that was, there, there was, you know, saying, oh, it's going to kick off in Afghanistan. You know, I don't think that was on anybody's radar, but there were guys that were recognizing that there was a, a um, an empty room in the house mm-hmm. where skills had not been practiced in a really, those skills had not been practiced in a really long time. Sure. And I was, I mean, I was still on active duty then and, and, and you're spot on. Nobody's, nobody saw the particular location coming, yeah. coming into play. Um, you know, I think I think part of the logic that that got you brought in is, you know, if you can survive in this environment, which is, you know, com- compared to we'll say you know, around Seattle or whatever, yeah, uh, a temperate environment with you know, relative relatively uh, minor fluctuations in temperature, <clears throat> you know, you do have to worry about the rain and staying dry, but other than that, you know, there are fewer things that are that are going to kill you. Yeah. Um, whereas I think you do need to keep your wits about you and and learn how to focus and attend to details more in the mountains than you might otherwise other places and and I think also i mean my my realization back then was like, oh well, this is one of the few civilian things one of the few things that you can do as a civilian where you are held accountable by fa- forces beyond your control for the decisions that you make. And like, so take people into this mountain environment and, you know, uh, I, I remember, a, a, you know, and, and, and trying to teach lessons about the severity of the circumstances. Cause some people just, they, that like, you don't get it right away. Hmm. And I remember this story, uh, about when Muggs, Stump and Conrad used to guide scientists down in Antarctica mm-hmm. and, and sometimes, and maybe the occasional civilian sort of. Uh, recreational uh, ambition type trip of climbing Mount Vincent or you know some other peak down there and and at some point there you know it's windy and and a, and there's a, a, a client of, of some kind that Conrad had and a person just kept setting their mittens down on the ground and they'd kind of blow away a little bit and then the guy'd get him and then mm-hmm. and Conrad said hey don't do that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then you know the guy'd set the mittens down again and they blow away and maybe Conrad had to go get him this time he's a little bit faster and uh, um, and then I guess it happened a third or a fourth time, and Conrad just fucking picked up the mittens and put them in his, you know, without the guy knowing, put them in his jacket mm-hmm. um, to to hide them to teach. And then the guy goes to back to look for the mittens. I'm like, oh my god, they're gone. They've blown away. And it's like, yeah. How many times did I tell you not to set them down the fucking ground? Like yeah. you need to learn this lesson now. Right. So, um, and and really, the first time should have been enough. Oh yeah. And it never should have happened. It's just like, no. If Remember when you were a kid and you had that tether that went through your jacket and kept your mittens, you know, so when you... I- idiot took, mittens. Yeah, the, the idiot strings, which I don't recommend while pissing in the wind. Um, because I have filled a mitten before. Uh, <laughs> I, I have not done that. I, I mean, not filled, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that I didn't re- recognize the accumulating weight on the end of my tether. Um, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> Which is another metaphor for for who, are, who knows whatever <laughs> for who knows exactly, but I just thought that that thing was funny that that, that uh, yeah here you need to teach the severity of this lesson mm-hmm. and I would have thought that the environment that they were in at that time would have been enough to like I need these mittens to keep my fingers so I'm going to keep track of them and control of them at all times even if I have to do something barehanded. Well, I mean I th- I think this goes back to something else we've been circling around as well, which is we are we as humans are generally very very bad at calculating risk generally <laughs> and then but then put take you take out take you outside of your um normal operating environment we'll say yeah and you know the, the idea that you could lose fingers if you lose your mitten yeah 
isn't the first thing that would come to mind. It's like, it's cold. Okay, my fingers might get cold. Well, yeah, they might get cold off. Yeah, yes. That's a different yeah, thing. Totally you, different you, states. In fact, you might lose feeling in them, yeah. so to speak, or lose them. Yes, this uh, we'll take out the feeling in yeah. because, yeah. Which, I mean, and there is a certain point, too, where, um, like, I, I mean, there there's going to be gradations of loss of feeling. But mm-hmm. when you just get deep, cold enough that your fingers, like, that you don't, you can't unscrew this the... One, this one, for example. <laughs> the, the, the uh, you know, the lid of the water bottle because mm-hmm. you can't grip anymore. But, right. You know, that's, they're not numb yet, but they are not but there's working an in- optimally yeah. and you know what's on the way. Right. This is um, an indicator. This is, this is the sign that you should actually change what you're doing before you get to the next thing. Yeah. And we're talking yesterday about not, you know, avoiding damage, right? Yes. But yeah, I mean, just longevity in any sense. But um, but just to sort of circle back of like the, okay, we're in a peacetime and we need to come up with certain exercises for these guys mm-hmm. to, um, to, to keep them, I mean, to, to, to help them you know, be sharp, focus, be present all the time. And climbing was really good. And especially for guys who would, even if they had adapted to things like that, I had not adapted to, mm-hmm. like, I am not down with flying around. I mean, I've done it plenty, uh, always with a tether, mm-hmm. you know, flying around in aircraft with open doors of any kind. It's an attention like, getter the first time. Yeah, especially when people are leaving, you know. Yeah, <laughs> either stepping off onto us, you know, on, on, you know, onto the mountains or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like all of my first early helicopter time was was related to you know making movies in the mountains or rescue type situations. But then, you know, um, then work then working on some movies where guys were skydiving out of said airplanes or right. you know running off the open back of a casa or something like that. Which is a sweet oh, jump, by the way. Yeah, I, that, that one seemed pretty good. Dropping out the hellhole of a Pilatus Porter, that seemed less interesting to me. I, I'm a big enough boy, and, and the opportunity never rose, and I'm grateful for it. But I've certainly run off the back ramp of a Casa multiple times. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah, and so there's there, there's that. I mean, there's another sort of civilian thing, skydiving. But I guess you would you know would sort of adapt to that, and uh, and and you know just being with guys who, um, yeah, we're we're in a climbing situation, and they, you know. And somebody admits that you know, hey, I'm um, I'm afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, you you jump from a great, very great height. You steer the parachute into the ground. You you walk, you know, stand on these skids of these little machines that fly mm-hmm. around and then step off of them and and that sort of thing. And like, and he goes, yeah, but that's different. I'm like, and, and I'm still scared <laughs> of that. That that's that's the other reality. <laughs> That did not come across, you know, because my would, my back was, sure. you know, or, or my uh, reply was, uh, yeah, but you do this. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, yeah, but that's different. Because I guess if you're, you know, what, a, a, a couple of thousand, 10,000 feet above the earth, it looks quite a bit it's different. Much, it's like it's, Everything's it's, tiny. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, the, you're, 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 you don't have intimate... Uh, relationship with mm-hmm. what you would hit on the way down, right? I guess. I mean, what what they t- what they'll tell you, and and you'll get to experience it soon enough. What they'll tell you in jump school is the the thirty five foot towers are set at thirty five feet because your brain can calculate that, and you will have the fear. Higher than that, higher than that, there's not the incremental difference. Okay. Lower than that, it's like eh. I can t- I can <clears> take the, this. Yeah, it's but thirty five feet is the optimal amount uh, of height because you know what's going to happen. You're, you're wired for it. If you fell out of a, th- a tree from 35 feet, yeah. you, you know what that looks like. From, you know, 14,500 feet or whatever, 
you've got there's no there's no reference. Yeah, we have no point of reference. Kind. Interesting. I mean, it's still scary, or it can be, but it, yeah, you as we'll as we'll see probably in other contexts, you've got your whole life to fix whatever problems may arise. Yes. Ah, shit. Yeah, and that could. Uh, could could uh, last varying mm-hmm. uh, amount of time yes. I'm guessing yeah <laughs> so w- one thing I wanted to hit hit on you sort of alluded to it but when I mean when you are when you are dealing with people who are already at the very very tip of the spear yeah without getting too much more specific than that when you're dealing with people who are already honed to that you know razor level um, in the in the context that they've already done <clears throat> to put them into a new context, you're taking them out of their comfort zone, forcing them to, you know, hey, I have to relearn how to learn new skills. Yeah. I have to, you know, get to this peak um, somehow. And so. But every one of those guys, like, who had, who had arrived at that, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, through various selection processes and training, et cetera, um, who, who had very few of them were... Um, not open to or, or not able to learn like they most wouldn't. of them were absolutely the best students ever because right. it, it, that's what it requires to arrive at these places I, I it's like say. his innate curiosity about things and the and not only you know, like i'm interested to learn but also having the ability to learn and so it was yeah. like all of that stuff went really fast when we would sure. you know teach more arcane sort of yeah. things related to our I mean, I haven't I haven't been to the specific place you're talking about, but I've been through other selection processes. Yeah, and I and I know that ability to learn and deal with um, ambiguous, volatile, ambiguous, chaotic, and you know whatever yeah. circumstances. Um, there is a book out um, by an individual from the group. Okay, the group of people you're talking about haven't read it yet. It's called The Attributes. Oh, and interesting. It's, uh, basically, it's it's the end product of. Um, that organization looking at, you know, hey, we are getting the cream of the crop from, you know, our parent organization, yeah. and we're still having attrition. We're still having, you know, guys who are superstars washing out. Why? And then trying to reverse engineer, okay, what, what you know, characteristics and attributes, not skills, but what yeah. attributes uh, on a human level yeah. are, are we looking what for? What are the underlying things that we layer the skills on top of? Right. And and nobody had nobody had approached the problem there at least nobody yeah. had approached the problem from that angle. Uh, That's pretty fascinating. So it's 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 sitting next to my desk okay. at home has not been read yet, but it's like I I every once in a while I look over and just yes that has to be read. That needs to yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a it's a pretty fascinating thing like in any of those selection processes or mm-hmm. because they are. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's an there's an objective there, but but we in individual and group relationships as civilians are doing the same thing all the time, all day, every day of of you know discriminating. Mm-hmm. And I, for those of you not watching in the YouTube channel, major air quotes, major air quotes, like like triple at least mm-hmm. air quotes, because you know we're sorting, we're trying to determine, you know, it, uh, does does this relationship fit with everything that I do or is it, you know, purely accidental and, or am I forced into it by mm-hmm. the organization that I'm working for? Now I'm going to, now I'm going to be the one to adapt because obviously this 
this individual is incapable of 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 change nor do they right recognize i mean it's um but to 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 ha- to recognize the selection you know what are the attributes you know who do who do i i mean i fucked up you know a number of times in my climbing career with the choice of a partner sure who you know whether it was foisted upon me by circumstance mm-hmm. which is rare it's just like yeah we're going on this trip these are the dudes that are going I'm like oh hi <laughs> let's shake hands you know i mean like the uh trip to nanga parbat when i went with uh barry blanchard kevin doyle and ward robinson i'd never like i met kevin in the street in calgary once before we got on the plane okay you know, essentially, I did a route with one route with Ward. I climbed a little bit with Barry beforehand. But, you know, th- 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 those were relationships that I made between February and fucking May or April. And then, and then in May, we got on a plane. And then you're in and th- extreme and conditions with their, your were, lives in their hands and vice versa. And vice versa. But those were and those relationships worked out fantastic. Mm-hmm. Others where I had more time or maybe even I was... Uh, uh, I was volunteering <laughs> to to go places with people. Just like it didn't didn't always work, and so you're sure. like because I selected for the wrong attributes, or in one case, I believed the fucking hype mm-hmm. about this. You know, or I looked at our resumes side by side, and I'm like, oh, we should be absolutely compatible, except that we're from two different cultures, and so that's never. So sure. the inside jokes are never going to work. The, the 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 cultural history, all the little get, rapport items, yeah. The, the things that you count on having even, um, you know, and that, uh, yeah, just and, and turned how, out not to be a thing. And how much of that, and I think this goes back to the, the other, the, the more formal selections. I mean, how much of it is instinct in making those choices and how much of it is the prod, product of a conscious designed process? Ultimately, it's yes. going to be both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or it um, be. but I think also in the constantly designed process, like, I mean, I've, one of those organizations I work through, you know, guys who had, okay, they've, they've screened, they get there, they're in their initial training phase. And mm-hmm. a certain number of those, maybe half of them are going to wash out of that, Yep, you know, and go back to the, 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 the white side, right. let's say the parent organization, <laughs> the parent organization. Yes. Um, and, you know, being involved in, in, in some of that and watching how, um, Watching the instructors, watching the raw material mm-hmm. is was absolutely fascinating because it is a conscious d- mm-hmm. choice. It is a, it is a, a, a it's something that has been designed and you are adhering to. And there's a little bit of leeway. Um, but then from a civilian side, it's always it's never, go, you know, unless you're involved in some crazy corporate like straight jacket shit mm. um to drive us all insane it, it, yeah <laughs> uh it, you know it, it all has to be sort of intuitive on mm-hmm. on, on you know on, on the civilian side i i think yeah i, I get think i think i go back and forth on that i mean i, I was going to ask um with respect to what you were talking about the the guy is new to the organization and the instructors um and and yes, there's cer- certainly there are set criteria and there are gates and gates and hurdles that yes. everyone's got to meet. I wonder um, how often you know the instructors were able on like first glance or first meeting to know which of the guys in a particular room were going to get there. A- and I bet they were pretty good. I th- I think the guys who'd been doing that, like on f- let's just. just um 
this was something that I, that I saw in those organizations a lot of like where guys rotate through certain jobs mm-hmm. and they might be there for a while and but not long not long enough to where the institutional knowledge becomes institutional where where right. their experience and their expertise at sort of assessing and th- that then they go on to a different job and they're right. no longer in that position of sure. sort of assessment intake and 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 working with the relatively raw material, raw material. Um, whereas guys who would stay in that position, mm-hmm. I mean, just like the the only parallel there was for me was either in fitness or in the mountain related stuff. Like you can't have guys do this job for two years and then leave. Well, you lose the tribal lore, right? Exactly. But you also can't have necessarily a civilian hire in that same thing who is then an employee of the government f- for now and forever mm-hmm. and who, who doesn't necessarily change. Like they need to go back to the, you need to like every now and then, especially on the climbing thing is like, you need to go back into the wild a little bit before right. you, you know, bef- and, and get like, you know, kind of re up your, you know, what's happening out there now? What, how, how stuck have I gotten in the routines mm-hmm. or in the things that I'm teaching? Um, and there, I mean, a really good example for the for that. And he, he has been on the podcast. Um, was John Barklow, who was at the Kodiak Dev. Yep, I've met. I've um, met John. And and he's he was there and teaching for a long time, and he just kept getting new skills and new skills and mm-hmm. new skills, and it was wonderful. And one of the other guys there, um, it, 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 you know, coincident with, kind of dropped anchor in a certain era, and mm-hmm. then didn't and and didn't get much beat, and, and you know didn't evolve beyond that. Happily, he had people underneath him who would. Sure. Um, but, uh, and, and I think that he was a really good example of something, and he wasn't a civilian hire, but he did, but he also didn't have a try to enemy. He came, he was a Navy diver mm-hmm. before, and just with a really great interest in climbing in the mountains, and had developed all this stuff on his, in his own time, right. and then got, um, and then was brought in as an instructor, but then also just kept learning and developing. And, so and, one, of those, one of those serendipitous accidents. Yes. Yeah. If that's not redundant. I think it partially redundant, but we'll we'll just we'll, 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 we'll grade it on the curve. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, and I mean, something else. You know, we were talking about earlier also that that I I, I think is a fascinating sort of universal thing was like I had said something about you know role modeling <laughs> and who do we, and again it comes from the author who should I be reading who do I want to mm-hmm. read I mean. Boyd is magnificent because he ch- he changed, you know, he uh, d- came from the Air Force and then changed, you know, the, the land warfare. For, yeah, for, oh, for sure. For, for the, Mar- you know, certainly for the Marine Corps. Um, let, let me let me just put in a pitch for the Marines. And, yeah. And I'm not a former Marine. Okay. So, you know, no, I don't get any, you know, kickbacks or anything like that for yeah. <laughs> the The Marine Corps has some of the best and smartest doctrine um, going. Some, some, in, in fact, uh, they've come out with in the last 12 months or maybe a little bit longer, um, two or three really, really fascinating manuals um, that, I, that I'm reading sort of okay. on an on and off basis to, to absorb them. Um, one of them, um, I think the, the, the title of it, I can't remember the, the number, the Marine Corps manual number, but I think it's just titled Learning. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Now, like here's, you know, and, it, and it really is, here's how to learn. Okay. Here's how to you know absorb new skills. Here's how to put them into practice. And it's like, yes, valuable it, skill set. Yeah. Let, let's just say that the army, the army, God love it, my my alma mater, mm-hmm. um, the army 
um, because it is so big, so much bigger, um, and has so many different missions. Um, every every soldier is not an infantryman, but every you know marine is a marine infantryman first, right? Okay. So different way of approaching the world. Yeah. Um, and they can, uh, but just the, the level the level of the level of thought of everyone should understand this, and it's a base baseline base level yeah. um, publication. I mean, there was a a moment there when uh, the Marine Corps decided that they needed to have a sort of tier one level uh, yes. a team. Well, they're not tier one. <clears throat> <laughs> well, let's just... Let's... Someone, someone wanted access to a funding stream and realized that they didn't. Yes, exactly. I was, I was around at the beginning. <laughs> um, but that when, you know, the first iteration of Debt One mm-hmm. happened... Oh, they got to draw on yes. an enormous yes. basket, if you will, of uh, of talent. No question. And and when I when I knock them, it's in a loving way. Yeah. I mean, I was when I was at JRTC. I was I was at I think by then I was at Soft Plan. So we were designing all of the special operations exercises on the white side. Okay. Um, nationwide, um, the big ones. Yeah. Um, Obviously, other other commands, other commands had other. You just turn it a little bit towards you. Yeah, yeah. there we uh, go. Other commands had their own things going on, and and, yeah. and all that. And um, but as far as you know, big big army and, and USASOC exercises, we were designing that stuff. So those guys came through, and some of these guys were, you know, you know, they don't wear the Ranger tab, they don't wear the SF tab, but some of them had those. And, and yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the pocket flap trick, but. <laughs> the the buttons on on the old BDU uniform um there would be the the two buttons and it was covered by a flap yeah and the guys would sew their tabs that they had earned under there okay and if you press it you can sort of see it but it's not worn so So if they had come if they were there uh, there were guys that we knew yeah marines that had gone through ranger school yeah or entered a tab or some other yep uh, we had you know guys who if they'd been in the army would be you know wearing the triple canopy um, yeah, you know, special forces guys, ranger guys, and you know there there are there are marines who rotate through um, mm-hmm. some of the units that you've that you've worked with as oh, yeah. well as yeah. you know. But so yeah. yes, I, I to the, my introduction to the Marine Corps, I was um, it was uh, a serendipitous accident. We're just gonna we're just gonna we're run with that. this theme because uh, um, I if, just if everyone says it, it's okay. Yeah, that's that? true. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it happened. I was on a a shooting course, civilian shooting course that Pat Rogers was teaching, mm-hmm. and uh, and that five day package ended, and um, and he was going out to Pendleton to work with some a, a, a group there, and uh, one of my civilian friends who's very tight with Pat was just like, hey, do you want to go? And I called home and I said, I'm not coming back for a little bit. I'm going to go out to this other one, and then mm-hmm. I kind of got just like somehow. You became cadre? I, well, not even. I just, I, I, no, not at all. I, I became like, well, it's a civilian guy, and no one really knows anything Don't or whatever. And, uh, I mean, that, that was probably, like, as far as developmental skills in shooting at that time, that was probably, you know, I'll just say a 14-day period mm-hmm. when, uh, I progressed the furthest, the fastest. And this is pistol primarily. No. Um, oh, okay. So the 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 course at the, the original course at Gunsight was was a pistol carbine um, class, 
and then uh, and then it was basically the same uh, similar package okay. uh, for SOTG, um, and 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 they had just started, I guess, issuing 1911s mm-hmm. for for that particular organization, and um, like I knew my way around. Sure, and I, well, I had, I mean, it, it it was fun, and Pat was a, a really good influence on me, and and then also used me as a foil sometimes for some sure. others. Uh, I mean, back back to the point about the the infantry foundation. I mean, the Marine the Marine Corps. Um, a, a, any service will tell you the Marine Corps have the very best basic rifle marksmanship. Period. Yeah. I mean, they they teach their people. I, don't, I can't remember how far out they go, but they teach them to shoot on iron sights. I believe to three hundred. I, th- I, I think it's further. Okay. In the Good. in the army, we were shooting three. I think they were shooting five on uh, iron sights. Okay. Nice. Which you know, I don't. No think, joke. That's that yeah. is no joke. Yeah, um, and to you know to be able to put you know a ping on some steel or something that far out is is an impressive performance. Um, and, you know they've they've cracked the code. Yeah, and and they actually they actually you know prioritize it and fund it. And which which is probably one of the things that you know allowed the Marine Corps to be open to Boyd's ideas. Yes, you know in the first place of like oh we need to take things that you know the. Uh, about not being fixed in any one position and and apply them um, from you know the hundreds of miles an hour mm-hmm. sort of speed right. to dynamic problem solving. Yeah, which yeah. again I think is a, uh, a recurring theme over the last few days. I, yeah, it seems it's it seems like it. And and so just thinking about like that that whole role modeling thing of like who who do I want to to read? Who do I you know who do like. Is there a person who uh, you know an individual I can role model rather than you know and and not sort of a you know conglomerate but you know accumulation biographically in in in, a, in book form you know is mm-hmm. there is there uh, someone who has done and you know and not become a complete piece of shit the same thing that I want to do and <laughs> well and, and <laughs> back back to the t- the twin rheostats of you know. Hubris and humility as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's true. And I and my, the joke in there because since we had just walked through the gym and and for some reason recently there's you know I I don't it, it is in in a and, and got us on the topic to the the subject of this or this particular topic was you know I don't understand why someone would you know because I'll receive emails out every now and then like mm-hmm. what is I want to look like Henry Cavill you know or I want to you know the same training program and diet that Jason Momoa like like d- did for one of these movie jobs like I don't get role modeling um, someone who as you deftly pointed out is also a pretender who is already a pretender sure they're pretending to be the thing that you think or or, right. or or, or whatever, please, Mitchell. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, th- I think, like, role modeling blindly is almost always a bad idea. But I think go- going from a position of, you know, I-, I know nothing in this domain, I have limited knowledge, and I, I have a vague direction that I want to go in. Yeah. I, I think u- using role modeling as as a starting point is valuable. Oh, but, ab- absolutely. Yeah, but go, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like it has to be a critical iterative process. You have to go into it with that curiosity 
for that to actually be useful. Because if if you just go blindly off in one direction, like yeah, I, w- I want to be Henry Cavill, like that, that like you, you're not Henry Cavill, that's just not going to work. So you have to find what works for you, and that that or, can be or a starting. Which, point. which Henry sure. do you want to be? Do you want right. to be you know Superman, <laughs> or do you want to be the guy in the Man from Uncle, or do you want to be exactly. you know or the Cold Light of Day guy where he was on the beer and pizza diet for a while, or do you want to be yeah. like how much do you want to invest in this to get there? Like, yeah, and and how far can this one person? take you on that path also which yeah, is something exactly. just occurred to me yeah and, and yeah. that goes back to what we we're talking about for like timing of the lessons like it, that that person may be the right role model for you starting out with or you know somewhere farther down your journey but not at a different time or, or you meet might meet them five five years too early for you or five years too late for them or, or whatever and it just exactly may, doesn't time out ships passing who knows and and you might wreck it you know wave you know or <laughs> Um, but it, but it, but it's true that and, and that uh, I mean I think it's a it also re- requires you know okay I'm gonna I, I like this idea you know there was I mean one of the books that I read early on Jonathan Yanni Netanyahu who was mm-hmm. the only guy killed in Entebbe um, uh, what I got from it I think was one sentence which could be the magic sentence if yeah. it's the right yeah if it's the right one. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, it it was something, and I'll have to paraphrase, and it's like, if you can fill the idle minute with 60 seconds of distance run. That's Kipling. That's Rudyard Kipling. That's if. And it's in that. In in that particular book, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a whole lesson here about utilizing our time well, and and so let's the unforgiving minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I, I I hope to see on a T-shirt. Because I think that would be a very good T-shirt. It, it might be. It might be, and someone being chased by someone with a scythe, something in a robe, perhaps. Ooh, like it. But that book didn't. You know, two years earlier, two years later, might not have been mm-hmm. the, the the you know none of the resonance, the, the, the right one. Um, and uh, and and I think so. That can happen with books, and it can happen with. Um, with literature or i mean with excuse me with people also mm-hmm. of oh i can't hear this instructor right now mm-hmm. that takes a certain amount of self-awareness and reflection to do the he's saying something good but i'm not there yet yeah that's that's pretty graduate level self-awareness I'm not. I I wouldn't even say I'd be. I'm there. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Think I am. I, I can't say that I am either. But I have, you know, and I've only noticed it historically of looking back and going, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, wish I'd been able to, you yep. know, absorb that thing. I wish my sponge wasn't full, or it was right. a different color, yeah. or you know, whatever. My, my teacup was full that day. Yeah, and 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 there's something there that if you can, you know, if there's if there is a Marine Corps manual titled "Learning," well, you know, sentence number one is bring an empty cup. I fucking hope because that's the, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is the thing. If you can. If you learn nothing else, learn that. Learn that and 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 keep the ability to empty your cup throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you'll never be full. You, you can't be unless. Uh, <sighs> except voluntarily so. No, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I think, you know. I think ideally that's true. Um, I do think that there are people um, who just stop learning because they're where they think they need to be. Yeah, and, but and that's, I, I think of myself as a shark. Okay, you know, I mean, not necessarily the toothy way, but you know, if I don't keep swimming forward, I drown. Yeah, 
because you run out of steam, <clears throat> run out of oxygen. In that run case. out of oxygen in that right. case. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay hungry. And it's not even. It's not even. I mean, cer- certainly there's an aspect of that, but there's also the. You know, if I'm not. You know, incremental. I mean, don't do it every day. But if I'm not incrementally improving in some way, I'm stagnating. I'm not getting better. So what's the point? Yeah. Or. Or maybe okay. I'm going to. I am going to stagnate here mm-hmm. right now, and uh, because it's time. It's because it's appropriate, mm. and uh, not stagnate. But and, and that's you that's, know, a, that's a better spin than I was giving it. Just I was it, meaning overall, like completely stagnant. Yes, and versus, versus you as know, in, in domain. Yeah, as in like bacteria accumulating in the water. In the well, in, that in sort the, of thing in, yes. in the standing water. Um, <laughs> so still waters do not run deep. They it, just full I don't know there's a, <laughs> aren't there some pretty deep fucking lakes out there mm-hmm. Baikal is like two or three thousand feet I think something like that yeah so that's more I so I, I recommend that's where you just that's just fair uh, you store the um, unused nuclear material down there it's deep it'll never well, the, I forget service. how many I forget <laughs> how many reactors the Russians have scuttled from their subs and ships in the North Sea but I don't think it's just one or two. Oh. I'm sure there's some very interesting looking fish around that area. Yeah. Very uh, luminous, luminous fish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, I think there's a, there's, there's value in rest, you know, like you can't, for sure, you know, if you, if, if it's not time for action, then it's time for, you know, to gather information. And if you can't right. gather information anymore, then it's sleep. And th- that's yeah. like a quote from Ursula Le Guin. I can't, mm-hmm. it might, one of the Earthsea books, I can't remember, but. Um, sure. Uh, Which you've yeah. not read and should put on the yeah. list. Yeah, anything by her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Strange lady with some strange stuff going on in her life, but the work product that we get to see is a good thing. Yeah. Was she, did she follow the Sufi religion? Was she Sufi? I can't. I I don't know the religious side. I just know that uh, her daughter or her adopted daughter had some things to say about how she was raised that we would generally put people in jail for. Ah. So. And okay. without, without remembering the specifics, I won't be more specific. Be, be, yeah, yeah. But perhaps not a role model in that area of endeavor. Yeah. So to go back to the literature thing again mm-hmm. is like it, one sentence can be the thing. Sure. Like it doesn't need to, to to be like if I can think of one thing from from the the book about Boyd, it's like the concept of growth factor, mm-hmm. which and and he, and it, it proved it. Like we're actively trying to reduce weight in the mountains like mm-hmm. you know the, the, the cutting joke, your toothpaste and her toothbrush in half and all the fun yeah or, or whatever not it. Or, i mean like there are certain things you can get away with for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. or um or, or get away without for a certain amount of time but the the um it, it, my joke was at towards the end was like okay we've been trying to answer for the last 10 years we've been trying to answer the question how light is too light um but if you get if you find out you can't transmit your yeah, knowledge you're not any be reporting back because it was too light something right. was too light you're um and I, I believe isn't there some sort of quotation from uh, frank herbert that comes into play there potentially yes i suspect <laughs> yeah yeah and and so but it, and and that was the thing with the the, the airplane design when he's mm-hmm. working on stuff is like oh well we would like to have a uh you know it's pretty high off the ground and when the aircraft lands, the pilot will need to get out, and maybe he arri- he lands at a place where there isn't a ladder, so maybe the airplane should have a ladder for mm-hmm. him to get out. But then, 
okay, what happens? Yeah, the ladder, it's like we can make it out of super lightweight materials and it'll only weigh five pounds. Right. However, there's going to be need to be a compartment built into the airplane where this ladder gets stored. There's going to be need to be some hinges or some kind of thing um, where it, it can slide out and, and, and be used. And then there's going to need to be a door with hinges and latches over that compartment that we had to make. And suddenly you've added, you know, a couple hundred pounds to the aircraft right. or something. So just because the thing that you want to add to your gear, it's like... Uh, um, it, it is in and of itself lightweight, then either the systems or the surrounding, uh, you know, the system that comes with that, the, you know, using it or the, or the, all of the sort of things that allow you to use that, that, that like, yeah, I'd love to have a, you know, I, I don't know, a spare ice tool because I keep fucking mm -hmm. breaking them. Yep. Okay. Well, it's not, well, what part of, you know, it, it comes down to like, yeah, a spare pick and a fucking wrench mm -hmm. is lighter than the entire tool, but also, there, but then what about the, you know, the advantage, especially if I'm soloing, of the so-called New York reload, mm -hmm. um, of just reaching to my, you know, the holster on my harness and, you know, and, and, and getting that third tool. Like, what are the advantages of, you know, when is it appropriate to add more weight and when, do, when is it not in those certain situations? And there is a certain joy in basically you know, snapping a pick, um, you know, partway up a frozen ice, to, uh, a frozen waterfall um, on an ice tool and base it and knowing that there's a spare mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, taking your hand out of the leash and chucking the broken one over your shoulder and grabbing the new one. I yeah. mean, style points abound for such behavior. Well, I mean, as, as Derek said, in another context, you know, the first rule, always look cool. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> number two is always know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, refer, refer, refer to rule, rule number one. Rule number one. Exactly. I, I, that was, yeah. Because uh, it is possible to get lost. Oh, without question. <laughs> in, in many different ways. Yeah. No, talking about the, uh, the weight thing. I mean, dealing with weight on a machine mm -hmm. is one thing. You know, the, and, but, and, the, and the levels of redundancy, but, you know, in, in his world, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be having, you're going to have 100 pounds of lightweight gear. Oh, yeah. Because if you're, you know, get lighter than a certain point or have less than a certain volume of stuff, someone's going to give you one more cool thing to have. And that thing takes batteries and you've got to distribute the batteries across your team. And oh, by the way, at some point you should probably eat, eat and drink water. And there are certain things that you cannot it, it, it seems like you can't make lighter than, I mean, water being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to take up a certain amount of you space and it's going to weigh a certain amount. And, and you can't is, even compress it. it. No. Turns, turns out. Oddly that, enough. Um, physics don't support that. Yeah. And, uh, food. Well, the astronauts got it nice and light for us. So, but uh, then you've got to up the amount of water to do it. it so there's your trade. Yeah. You take the water out of the food and you put it in the other bottle of water that you need to eat the food. Exactly. Okay. And so, well, let's see. How can we do this? Well, what if we leave the water in the food? Um, I, I love this uh, all, and especially, you know, during that period of climbing career of like, okay, these problems of logistics mm -hmm. in a way that and 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 what to and what to do and how to do it do you like can i train myself to go on less water do i you know what and and if and you can for a while yeah 
I mean, no, you can, you, you can certainly, there's no way around the physiological requirement for it. Right. You will pay. You, yes. You can <laughs> go pretty deep. Yeah. You w- can. Without. But eventually that's going to, you know, that's, uh, it, it, that's something that just can't, that can't uh, yeah. be, be avoided. But, um, I mean, you know, when the guys were sort of figuring out how to, like, well, if, we keep moving, then we don't need to sleep. Then that reduces a ton of fucking weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? And if we move through the night, if our clothing's you know and our movement can keep us warm through the night, then when the sun comes up and we're on a south or east face, then man, it gets blistering hot up here at mm-hmm. high altitude during the day. So we could just sit down then, and maybe that's when right. you know we would uh, replace what water we you know barely drank in the night. Seems like there's a book and, about this. Listen. Like when all that stuff was being figured out, no one was just like, "All right, you take the fuel bottle, you take the stove, and I'll carry a pan in mm-hmm. my pocket, and we'll be good, right?" Right. Yeah, you got like a tiger's milk bar or some shit somewhere hidden. Good, because I might need it later. There you um, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it, like watching people consciously make themselves less comfortable and yet more capable in the same with the by way of mm-hmm. the same act is a fascinating thing. So yeah. there we have another pair of rheostats to play with, right? Yeah. yeah. Big optimization problem of the gear and all that. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the things, you can over-specialize, and you realize that if, if you are prepared for and um, optimized for only one set of conditions and something else happens, that's a problem. <clears throat> so you, I mean, the, I mean, you talk about general, general physical preparedness, et cetera. Yeah. You know, if you are only capable of doing well at this one thing, you better damn well stick to that one thing. Yeah, and hope and hope nothing else comes up. Or if you misunderstand the requirements of the task, hmm. like one of the like fitness wise, we're into this is there we go. the worst fitness podcast worst in the fitness world. Podcast. So let's talk fitness for a second. One of the most fascinating things that um, I have been able to witness in the you know, last sort of 10 years or whatever um, uh, a bit is, is when my um, friend Ben Saunders, um, he, he and his partner, they recreated Scott's journey. So they skied oh. to the South Pole and, okay. ski, and then skied back to the water and, and, and got to live. Um, uh, Four bonus so, points. So they, didn't, so they didn't fully recreate. Right. And they had no ponies because those are apparently not as not so useful not so useful <laughs> as dogs are down yeah. there um although perhaps more tasty that yeah yeah so you gotta have enough kerosene there or you whatever um you're you're using to burn it but but looking at that and they're just like well how long is it going to take and it's like well it's going to take three months essentially mm-hmm. and um based on you know his prior you know visits to um uh, antarctica and also to the north pole I think he was the youngest guy to ski by himself to the North Pole, something like uh, at, at, at one of his early things. Um, ben and his partner Tarka, this uh, is another fucking crazy character. But um, so if you think, oh, it's going to last three months, you know, what would you think? It sounds like an endurance event, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you'd, yeah, you'd, 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 at surface level for sure. At, at surface level, you'd go, well, mm-hmm. fuck, you got, you, you're skiing every fucking day. You know, barring the days when there might be a storm that's so bad that you can't actually move. But um, and then you start to look at, you know, what it really means is Mm -hmm. that your sled, when you get, you know, when you start, your sled is going to be way over 400 pounds. So you're going to have 
Um, so if you're a little endurance guy, you're not moving that sled very fucking far Mm-mm. at all. So, and then you think about it, well, it's not, oh, well, and it's also uphill. So 400 pounds becomes, you know, a bit different when it's slightly uphill, like to get up to the top of the Beardmore Glacier on the plateau. I mean, it's all fucking uphill. And granted that, yeah, you're going to be able to drop some food and fuel mm-hmm. on the way out that you will recover on the way back. But you, you know, because there is only one way back, essentially. Right. Um, it's, and, and so you might be able to reduce. But, but what this, what this three-month-long exercise starts off at is a huge strength problem. And you don't want to start with a strength deficit. And so my friend Andy McKenzie, who was working with Ben on the training, was just like, we're just like, yeah, do a little bit of endurance training, but we're going to need to get you as fucking strong Mm -hmm. as possible because you're going to have what you are confronting early is this strength problem and you will be able to ski yourself into shape. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah, of that, course. <laughs> because, and, 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 and don't expect, you know, obviously you're not making huge movements on a daily basis early on because of this fucking albatross you're dragging. Um, and so, and I just thought, holy fuck, that really is the problem. And but many people go into you know go into things that with an idea of what it is. Mm -hmm. Or another example was you know a couple friends um, of mine, guys that I train, they go to Alaska for the first time, and one of them has um, you know has has been working on strength and, uh, and 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 blending that quite nicely with a little bit of endurance, and then. Um, and then the other guy's not, he's mostly being doing big, long ski touring days, very endurance based, the lightest pack possible, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. They get to Alaska and it just happens to be like one of the first things they do is to try to acclimatize on Mount Crossan and it's post, you know, pretty fucking big storm. So heavy loads because we want to spend as much time as possible near the summit of Mount Crossan. Post holing through fresh snow. Post holing uphill, you know, climbing through fresh snow. So who's the you know who's at an advantage here, the strength guy or the endurance guy? Mm -hmm. When again, it looks like an endurance problem. We're going to be out for five days. It's going to be uphill. Just that the other thing we're trying to acclimatize. I need to have like the 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 best sort of O2 system already trained and developed on board to take advantage of of this acclimatization process etc yeah well, it turns out that um strength was the solution to that particular problems so the universal takeaway lesson is getting the right answer depends on identifying the problem correctly yeah yeah which Okay, you can look at it from that fitness sort of point of view, or mm-hmm. you can, you know, you can look at it from any, you know, from, from another point of view, um, it, 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 you know, in life. And if we talk about like, okay, you're going to have to, you're going to go out the door no lighter than, you know, carrying no, no less than 80 pounds mm-hmm. um, and closer to 100, uh, you know, all of that has been decided by someone who doesn't have to carry it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Wee. Who has a fundamental misunderstanding of what it actually costs, of of how much. I mean, and there's a really good I used to um I I can't remember if it's an extreme album. I don't think it is, but one of the, the later manuals, especially when I started teaching military guys, was like, okay, here's the here these are the physiologic costs mm. of increased weight and what you can do um 
I mean, not even, we 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 knew this. It might be an extreme album. I mean, just do the you know the fucking pull up test. Sure. And you know, max pull ups, slick. Start adding. You know, see see where it falls apart, and see what you can do at half body weight and with you know half <sighs> half body weight hanging off of you. It's not it's not a it's not a fifty percent loss. It's not like if you can max out at twelve pull ups, you know, slick. You can't do six at 50, you know fifty percent body right. weight hanging. No, it's not like a an incremental thing. Um, but then it, there's there's also a, 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 all the information that you need. Um, out there and it was in I mean, whenever we did military stuff I, I would include this in the manual was um, you know the basis the, the, the results of the research that I did of like locating weight at different points on your body mm-hmm. and how um, and, and if it's on the end of a you know it, what does what is one pound carried on the waist versus one pound carried on your feet but then what is, you know, that's not an argument for the, you know, and it may be, t- and I can't remember what the factor is, but it's, but it's a lot. The caloric cost, I'll try and find this mm, stuff and send it. it. Yeah. Um, the caloric cost is, is, is enormous the longer the lever. So it's right. rolling weight on a vehicle. Oh, it's like, yeah, if the, if the, you know, if the, the, the rims and tires on the bicycle are heavy, you have a problem. If the hub is heavy, you, you know, same increase in weight. You don't have as much to move it as far because it doesn't, it, it is not rolling. You don't have to move it as far. The circumference of the circle that's rotating is, is uh, much smaller. So, um, you know, all of those things, you know, go, well, well, obviously that's an argument for the lightest weight footwear possible until you come across like how much attention and care you have to pay when you're using really lightweight footwear. So maybe boots are tools mm-hmm. in this point. And if I can reduce the psychic load a little bit by having a slightly heavier and more substantial boot for my ankles, for underfoot, where I don't have to look at the surface as much because I'm wearing my lightweight fucking Solomons all the time right. or whatever. And good, good traction, good arch support. It, good lateral support. Yeah. Yeah. Sp- that, speaking that, as someone who's rolled an ankle under load. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- then it's a question of, you know, what, what, what is that weight cost? What was that weight costing you? Like, yes, you're gaining, the, you're gaining the benefit of having the lighter shoe, but that, then you've got the, it's about ROI, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and but then also looking down certain avenues of, of where that's coming from. If I just look at it specifically of calories at, you know, caloric cost and then the calories that I need to sort of replace, replace that or, or the fatigue that's going to build up based just on the weight of that mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, the, the physical fatigue, uh, Okay, if I look at it in that, then the answer is going to be one thing. Obviously, the lighter weight shoe right. is the answer. But S- then a single I, metric almost never applies. Yes, exactly. But then if I look at, oh, and this all came home to roost. It was, there was an exercise. We were at the Marine Corps, the Mountain Warfare Training Center um, with the Navy unit um, prior to them you know, going uh, uh, into a mountain environment later mm-hmm. and some skills training that happened there. And it was really interesting, you know, cause everybody can have their head on a swivel for the first hour. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon everyone's looking at the fucking ground because they realize like, man, my lightweight footwear doesn't protect the soles of my feet. Mm-hmm. I've got this load on my back. So the soles of my feet are being driven a little harder into the surface. And so now I have to pay more attention to the surface, right? I have to look down more and, and after that and, first stone bruise on your heel, yeah, and you've got however many k to go, k, k, exactly, and um, and then I realized like, oh well, 
here, if I can, if now we're going up, you know, the surface changes from, you know, the more, the, the accommodating trail to cross country travel. And maybe mm-hmm. we've got some hard dirt or some hard snow. And good, so good afternoon, Screefield. Yeah. Oh, but, but there, the lightweight footwear could, you mm. know, could still, could still apply, but any hard surface where I might need the edge of a Vibram sole to cut in, you know, so that I'm kicking the step in a certain mm-hmm. way that I'm not just placing my foot there. Um, you, you know, maybe I, I need that, or I may be descending something steep where I need the hard 90 degree angle on the heel of my boot mm-hmm. in order to, you know, uh, uh, have some actual purchase going down this thing instead of just being, you know, having to go down on my, you know, on my feet and my hands. Have, having um, gone down a waterfall because of that, I can definitely tell you. Yeah. <laughs> frown yeah. upon. So or there's really in- interesting it. things just about like, sure. okay, what is, what is the energetic cost? Is it physical? Is it mental? And then how do I adapt the, the load that I'm carrying or the tools that I have mm-hmm. to that, you know, you know, those particular, uh, what did you say? One contingency is, or one, oh, one metric hard one metric. Applies. Yeah. It never applies. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, a, a fascinating thing, probably in that book called Learning. Um, that I'm going <laughs> to bet it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing, interesting thing to look at there is like a, also looking at how, how you have to adjust your training for that. Like, for, like you know, going off the boots example, yeah. like if you're if you're only ever training in your light boots, you know, that's, that's great, that's awesome. Then you go over to the rougher, kind of crappy terrain. You've got your heavier boots on, you're fucking exhausted. Yeah. So then- Well, look, you're exhausted and you also then haven't- um, uh, prepared your or seasoned your feet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. Which is, which is a huge difference. And actually, one of the one of the guys, the organization that I originally uh, trained, and I was just trying to get these guys like, hey, all the, you know, there was a a, a footwear program that eventually developed out of this mm-hmm. for that particular group. But um, the uh, but in the beginning, it was just like, you know. Um, one of my instructors, Rollo, um, he, he would always resole his running shoes with sticky rock shoe rubber. Mm-hmm. There was a place in Boulder at the time, Rock and Resole, I think, where he would have his, his trainers done. And they did a bunch of, like I had a set of pair of GSG-9s done. Um, not the whole, uh, the, the whole uh-huh. sole, because, you know, there's there's a, uh, uh, a, a advantages of how that sole was made in certain environments. But so like Mitchell, just, Mitchell's never seen those. Uh, okay. Just a horseshoe-shaped, you know, portion of the sole in sticky rubber, mm-hmm. so that I could actually climb a little bit in them or trust them on, you know, wet surfaces, which they were not great on. They're they're um, about and a then third guys the weight at, of the boot that you're used to. Okay. Yeah, and then were I mean they were made, you know, urban sort of environment, mm-hmm. and we were adapting them to you know more than they were designed for. Um, but guys were getting the like leaving the hard heel on their jungle boots mm-hmm. and then resoling the front with sticky rock shoe sure. rubber. And um, and I thought that was like, oh, this is perfect because now I've got the hard 90 yeah. degree edge for descending that I, you know, facing out that I need and maybe some sticky rubber so that I, you know, because uh, those those uh, boots were not known for uh, the quality of the sole. The jungle uh, boots? Th- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're good for moving over soft, mushy terrain. Yes, exactly. Exactly. jungle yeah yeah um so there was like an it's like just interesting things to to um whereby you can gain slight advantage mm-hmm. and if you know if, and if and if uh um you know a, a bunch of slight advantages become an 
they, they know, accrue the capital A advantage. Yeah. yeah, I think there's actually a book. I, I'm not positive, but I believe there's a book out called The Incremental Advantage. If there's not, okay. somebody's going to write it. Yeah, but I'd be, I'd be shocked if it weren't already out. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, every. I mean, what, whether it's um, the ability to move, whether it's, I mean, hearkening back to Boyd, whether it's the, you know, tenth of a second that you can, you know, act more quickly than someone else, or, you know, you have the ability because you have these mental templates, you can process the information a yeah. tenth of a second faster than they can. Not all just, I mean, the, the trap with that is physical speed is what people think about, and it's everything. But, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that incremental advantage— you seek it everywhere. Yeah. And you can only, I mean, if we talk about that again, I mean, it's, it's thinking speed, it's seeing speed. Mm-hmm. It's perception. And there's something, and I think it's, uh, and I'll bastardize this, but Brian Enos at once, at one point, I think he's like, you can only think as fast as you can see, mm-hmm. or you can only, you know, you you can only feel as fast as you can see. Right. As, I mean, it's, you know, observe, orient. Mm-hmm. Decide act, decide act, decide act. Yep. yeah. There we go. I think he's responsible for that, is he not? In, in fact, he is. Yeah, yeah. And and the bastardization of that, um, you, you see it everywhere. That's oh, sure. It, it becomes a. I mean, you you know, several different spheres. You know, the martial arts world, the the shooting world, all the rest of it. Yeah. Business world is the worst. But you you hear people talk about getting inside someone's OODA loop. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, be fast. We have to be faster than there. It's like, <laughs> I think you're going to need to do a bit better than that. It's yeah, n- it's not just it's not that it's more than that. It's and not just yeah, it's not just the speed. And then it's also like, um, just fucking make a better product. There's always that dumbass. That's, but that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. Yeah, wait, we can get an inferior product to market faster and make many, many more of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then have a warranty program. There you go. Or not? Just think something you were thinking about with the uh, with the the multi multi variable thing. Um, Difference between complicated systems and complex systems. Okay. So comp- complicated system, you know, is like a watch. You know, you alter one variable and you n- know the impact that that's going to have down the chain. Okay. And whereas a com- complex system, multivariate system, if I poke this, I can't be sure about what results coming out at the other end because other variables come into play at different levels. Yeah. And it all has to tie together. Uh. Uh, how how do we solve this? <laughs> do the best you can. There. Yeah. But faster. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Or, or, or yeah. At, at, the best you can might be slow. Yeah. And okay. slow so might be appropriate. Just do it until you can do it as fast as you need to. I guess. Practice? There's that. I've I've heard that. That is, that, is that what we're calling something uh, something about uh, do it do it until you can't get it wrong. I think is the the thing. You know, I've heard that. I just uh, I'm not buying it. It's just like a no fear sticker. I because I think I mean, but it, it's still it, better it, than tap out T-shirt. Aren't they? This, <laughs> they're <the> <laughs> yeah. Because I th- I think it is lips like it, a concept like that. Like mm-hmm. practice it enough until you can't get it wrong. Well, okay, I don't I don't think that's a possibility. No, for sure. So therefore it's a, you know, it's a flag, it's a concept, it's a it's a target to aim at, yes. but you also have to under you have to, you know, aim and practice with um the certain knowledge 
that mistakes will still be made. Of course. And you can say mistakes will be made, but not by me. Right. Um, and there are some, you know, there's an occasional example, you know, of that. But that would be the exception, not mm-hmm. the rule. And so, and I, you know, any kind of, you know, the these phrases of, you know, no fear of, you know, practically you can't get it wrong or, you know, Slow whatever. smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there. My personal favorite. Exactly. Um, those things are, you know, these are great early objectives mm-hmm. or ideas. And then they become slogans. Then they're on a T-shirt. Then they become the, you know, the mission statement for the organization. Or they're so know, watered down, they're meaningless, and they have, add no value. And and they are also unachievable. Mm-hmm. No fear. No, you should know K N O W. You know, as as opposed to because you know, or as is an extreme albinism. You know, the wise man knows how to fear that which should be feared, mm-hmm. and there is plenty. Yeah. Um, the, the minute and, you stop being afraid of some things. You, you probably already ought to have stopped doing them. You'll drink the rot. You'll drink the standing water. You'll be because I ain't afraid. Yeah, yeah, don't, I've, don't I've be been that sick guy. so many times that I can I can get away with it or yeah. or whatever or you know maybe <laughs> until that one time. <laughs> yeah, we are not invincible creatures. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're durable, durable, but not invincible. And you know, uh, I, I was listening to a conversation recently um, about you know. I won't drink standing water, but I'll drink moving water because there's less chance of getting sick from it. And I'm like, ha, you just haven't been sick enough. Yeah. You haven't traveled to the third world enough where um, yeah. you haven't been downstream from enough. I was going to say, what village is upstream from you? Yeah. Better know. Yeah. There are certain adaptations that um, you, they can be made, but the cost mm-hmm. is real fucking high. Yeah. I mean... I mean, there was a there was a point, and I'll just like illustrate like the first my first four visits to the Himalayas or the Karakoram, I got viciously fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those all of those trips, and then after that, I was good for about ten years. Mm-hmm. I could go anywhere, eat, drink anything, and sure. not get sick. But it wasn't worth it. No. <laughs> yeah, a couple a couple of drops of bleach would have been right. Yeah. Yeah, or, you know. Or whatever, yeah, iodine. Or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Question of ROI. <laughs> Just like almost everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Prioritize what's most important or most perishable, right? We're talking. Yeah. Yeah, we did uh, We did have a little conversation. Man, yesterday was good, wasn't I'm it? Pretty, I'm pretty it good at taking mental notes. It was a productive. <laughs> we, we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of nutritionally dense stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I was I was a little tired last night, actually. Good. <laughs> what have you been reading, Mitchell? That's an excellent like. question. Uh, the <laughs> the book that I'm reading right now that I'm very thoroughly enjoying is uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Rice. Probably. Sounds right for that. Annie something other. Yeah, uh, former professional poker player, and basically talking about uh, assessments of risk coming from the background of poker but then applying it more broadly in life leadership anything and it's re- it's really really interesting one of the things that she emphasizes very early in the book that i think is a really valuable lesson in a lot of different areas is that it's possible to make the right decision or the right bet in a situation and still come up wrong and it 
it's important not to take away the wrong lesson from that that ju- just because just the outcome of what happens it does not necessarily de- determine the quality of the decision with the flip side being <laughs> i got away with it nine times i'm exactly. gonna do it again yeah yeah or or not at some point recognizing that you're getting away with it yes yeah uh, like beca- because the out you allow the outcome to um Oh, uh, I'll just say Trump, the, uh, you know, the, the, everything that led to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I, and I think, I mean, especially in, in climbing, there's been, there are numerous examples of people who got away with it and started believing mm-hmm. they had some agency in that. Yeah. And yeah. then were maybe shown, some sure uh, were shown otherwise and got to learn and For some sure. were shown otherwise and didn't. Yeah. Um, have you, have you read Nassim Taleb's book? Fooled by Randomness? Uh, I, I haven't read that one. That, that, so that's your next one. That's more or less the companion volume. Um, not not written together, not anything to, to together. The, to the book about the, con, the, poker, con, the poker book. Yeah, con, yeah. conceptually. Okay. Conceptually, I would read those as a pair. Um, a lot of his deal is, um, in in the context of um, entrepreneurship, yeah. which, is, which is what he talks to, um, you know, there are the people you, we read the biographies of the guys who, you know, have this, you know, meteoric success or whatever. Yeah. And then to the, to the role model point, you know, people try to follow the exact same path, the exact same steps, and it can't be replicated because at this decision point or at this friction point, this person got insanely lucky rather than making the right decision. Or they started out with talents, you know, with personal attributes mm-hmm. that you do not have right. as the exactly. person who's trying to do the thing. Or the, you know, you're mistaking, like, yeah, I'm going to do the, I mean, this was always the joke. Like, I, yeah, what did Usain Bolt do to train for the Olympics? You know, I want mm-hmm. that training program so that I can also run a fast hundred. Well, yeah. have, there's his, a, have his genetics. <laughs> well, A, but... B, there's, you know, like, are, do you have 15 years? Mm-hmm. And can you start at age seven, you know, yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Because Maybe you're asking the question too late. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, yeah. And, and it's the, the thing that the, the, the fallacy of all the fitness magazines is like, here's the, here's the training program. And I just mm-hmm. posted one on our website, like this old thing that I, that I wrote for about Jason for Justice League. And I really, really thought this time they might, you know, <laughs> publish it correctly right um and then you know they fine they got to do they got to write in magazine speak and then that obviously changes the the nature of what raw material they might get um but we're just like well here's two examples mm-hmm. this is not a training program this is not a prescription right. here, here are two but, workouts but yeah right two workouts and if and if you look at indian individual and post like well here's the training that this guy did to run 100 miles and you're like well the, except for the you're not you you're not talking about the 20 years that allowed right. him to actually mm-hmm. assimilate and adapt to this particular training program. Because if you try this, uh, let me just show you the X-ray in advance of your stress fractures. It, it, yeah, or or, or, or something, or it's the last three weeks of this you know program. Because that's what a magazine, you know, mm-hmm. it's just they gotta put some shit in there that appears essential in order to. Oh. Um, it's all about the advertising. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And so I think, like looking at the at the that that of of role modeling the things that you know again it's it's sort of a trap and that and you know yes role model and then uh, question Iterate. everything I guess mm-hmm. also which is a good rule yeah 
I, guess, I mean, I think question everything is, I think that's a very solid rule. <clears throat> or at least ask, yeah, I mean, e e even if it's not so much, sorry, not so much skepticism as, you know, you say to do this, you know, why? <clears throat> help me understand, help me understand why, why this is the thing. Yes. And why now is the time to do it or, or whatever. Um, yeah. What else is in that? Have you gleaned from that, or is that the main takeaway from? So that, that's kind of that's kind of one of the first points that she makes that, that's really interesting. But uh, also kind of tying into this discussion, uh, she talk, talks a lot about building groups of people around you, whether it's in a formal or an informal context, yeah. uh, where collaborative. I forget exactly how she phrased it, but. Uh, effectively collaborative dissent where, where you can have a group of people who will be productively critical of you and then mm -hmm. you you in the reverse to help helpfully attack each other's ideas and decisions and, and create create that helpful opposition so that you can recognize when you're making those dumb mistakes so that you don't have an echo chamber of just a bunch of people who are spinning their wheels yeah. in the same direction I, i'm i'm brilliant versus i got lucky yeah yeah, and and if you just listen to me, you can be brilliant too. Mm. Exactly. Huh, I mean, have have or, people. I mean, your your point. Have have people who are on your side and supportive, you know, and say, hey, you, you do realize you do realize that you did this when you should have done that. Yes, you got away with it, but what were the odds of that happening? I mean, for the context of the cards, which is what she's doing. You know, what was the? It's like one. You had a one in seventeen chance, and yeah, you got it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean reshaping your reshape your environment in order to produce the outcome that you exactly. seek. And if that means using the knife to get rid of some folks or <laughs> using candy. And, and I'll just or, say I'll just say figuratively. Yeah. Exactly. Figuratively. <laughs> and no air quotes. You meant None. it. And I mean it's yeah. How much does sort of do those how uh, accurate are in poker? I don't play um, or or observe or even any of it. I mean, but but um, would be like you say, oh, there's a one in seventeen chance, which is a bad pulling... bad number for a deck of cards because yeah. it wouldn't happen that number. Right. So what? But but there but there are oh there are, yeah yeah. So it, probabilities are known for basically everything. Okay. Yeah, but it, it, as far as making those decisions with those numbers, mm -hmm. like po poker is a complicated game because it, it's a, a mix of known information and unknown information. You you know what is already in play, you know what is in your hand, and you know what is in the deck overall but you don't know what your opponents have and so you don't necessarily so you, you've got some information so you can make some assessments about what what is likely but you never have that perfect information as opposed to like chess where you know exactly what your opponents have and so there, there there's no yeah there, there, there's no uncertainty for those decisions but to there's quote a jillion a possible moves yeah exactly there's a i was just gonna say to quote a dearly recently departed the known unknowns and the unknown oh, yes. unknowns. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I misused deer in that context. I liked it. Or, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. It works. I like those two analogies of, of chess and poker um, because then you also have, I mean, you yes, in chess, the, there are the extraordinary number of... Mm -hmm. uh, 
permutation uh, permutations yeah but there is only a single opponent Mm -hmm. and then in poker i guess i mean i i I guess with only 52 cards there's certainly a limitation on the number of people who can play and at the highest level i'm i don't know i think they run multiple do they run multiple decks for i don't know yeah we don't don't play but we we read the book for the for the deal about you know understanding risk and calculating it yeah I, I just don't know. Yeah, that that's not that level of detail regarding the poker specifically isn't really discussed. It's it's okay. more more from the framework of like, okay, you know, we we've got this kind of situation where I know that this, you know, for example, I know this hand yeah. is unlikely to succeed, but still possibly could, yeah. and about ma- ma- making the kinds of decisions where you know that you're making the best bet that you can with what you have in mm-hmm. that exactly moment. i guess people you know it's it's televised isn't it now mm-hmm. or used mm-hmm. to, i don't know uh it must have been tough with the masks huh well i mean they people i've seen what little i've seen of televised poker uh, they've go very far out of their way to make it difficult to read faces and facing expressions yeah the, the the glasses and the hats and things like that to, yeah to strip you of, of visual cues yeah yeah and i think the interesting thing there is like e- even ignoring the uh like the fa- facial cues and all, all of that like the, I, I think a decent amount of pres- of poker like totally not my sub- subject matter yeah. expert area but like yeah fr- fr- from what i know i, th- I think a de- some large amount is played online as well but mm-hmm. you can still make assessments about what your opponents are doing and all that based on the decisions that they're making okay uh sounds like maybe more than a four-year program probably mm-hmm. <laughs> well i mean you're in, in addition to understanding probability you're also understanding people's decision-making processes exactly and things like that and learning learning how to sort of develop um, from and this goes to some of the shooting things like that. Yeah, and, you know, what be, what's mechanical to begin with, um, you know, essentially becomes a train. Not maybe not a reflex per se, but things happen more quickly than you would be able to make them happen otherwise. Yes, um, they're so deeply ingrained. If X, then you know Y, Z, and all the rest of these things. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's part of the process as well. Yeah, and I think lo- looking at games and game design is a-, a very valuable thing to look at for understanding strategy and just people's decision making in general. Well, they're Be- played by humans, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But so 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 much of those like mi- it's a very tiny microcosm of decision making, and so if you can kind of look look at the decision making, the the factors, and all of that, you you can kind of extrapolate from those small microcosms farther out yeah yeah i mean i think that's uh should it's it and it's not restricted to games it's 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 you know everything in life in a way Mm -hmm. of oh this is i mean if we use the gym you know this is uh this is you know study of individual character Mm -hmm. um (laughs) which gets revealed damn quickly which which can be that can be you know and the activities can be very revealing and those are you know that's might really you know it's going to reveal the character of the individual but then also humanity you know Mm -hmm. large if you will sure um because we can't not be human beings yeah and you start seeing enough behavioral characteristics or that appear to be individual but are consistent across a 
rather large you know significant mm-hmm. sample of the population um or the, the you know the population that we're exposed to anyway and we're like well yeah and then you people get, are generally fucking lazy it's yeah. weird <laughs> and then you know and you know building off the, the decision making stuff i mean once you start recognizing patterns of behavior you can predict them and once you can predict them you can cause cause them and again, again, back to, I mean, what you do here is on the surface, a gym. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, something for effect yesterday. Mm. Derek said they were, when they were, uh, they, they were able to do kind of whatever they wanted and they were, de- they were trying to develop intelligence based on, you know, or t- t- taking certain actions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making a movement to see what, okay, what is this? Is this person... You know, is, is this person predisposed to play the knight, mm-hmm. you know, in this in this situation? Or or in martial arts, attacked by drawing? Little Bruce Lee action for you. <sighs> it all, it's yeah. all the same stuff. Or yeah. or the stuff you do do out in the, in the big room. Um, you are using physical tools to elicit a psychological response. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, once you understand how, you know, this what you know what response this stimulus causes you can get a couple couple of stimuli ahead and know you know which buttons to push when yeah all, all about shaping the incentives you know t- talking about fear shame and points like we were talking about yeah. yesterday <laughs> like if, if, you, if you can un- if you can which understand that he's gonna have a now he's gonna have a tattoo of that so. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just fear and shame it's easy yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for the that 300 movie, I made everybody mm-hmm. train. You know, once we got everybody there, everybody oh, trains with their shirts off. Yeah. And everybody knows on Monday mm-hmm. what happened to certain individuals on the weekend. So carbo-loading, were we? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's a um, it's a very effective. Oh, for I sure. I mean, we, we are comparative by nature. And, you know, if well, I think I c- can keep it a secret, then I'll probably try. But if well, I am compelled not to, then I'm going to have to own it. Shit. I mean, I, I, I hate to throw in the word tribe because it's so horribly overused, but there, there probably there aren't that many truly tribal organizations in our society, but a sports team would be one. Yeah. Uh, and a, an infantry platoon or an infantry company yeah. would, would be another. Obviously, a, a special forces team or whatever. Yep. Same sort of thing. I mean, that's your little group of people yeah and re- really a- any stable military units right get you that. but you're you you care more about um what those people think about you and not letting them down and doing your best for them mm-hmm. you know you'll never out in, out in the big world good good luck replicating that yeah oh yeah i mean and, and uh you know the smaller version of that is, you know, never being more than 50 meters away from another person mm-hmm. yeah. um, and having a rope between you um, for X amount of time. I mean, sure. that's a pretty small tribe, but you get to know mm-hmm. the um, individual characteristics and what decisions they're going to make, you know, when the bad ones are going to happen. Sure. Uh, when you should hand them a snack. Um, sure. <laughs> well, we, we, you, you, when you tell them to just get in back and fucking do your best. Um, or when to say, dude, fucking your lead, because I'm scared to fucking death right now. Sure. Well, I mean, you, you, I think you've talked about it in another context. You know, <clears throat> learning learning how to read the body language of what the person is going to do next. <clears throat> he just did this. The next thing I'm going to see is this. <clears throat> you know, the same the same thing in, in the kind of in, 
organizations Mitchell is going to go into, you you learn the you learn the body language, you learn um, how people respond. I mean, one, one of the things I've been doing doing with, the, with Mitchell and his brother since since they've been riding in the car, mm-hmm. it's like let's let's ride in a vehicle. You have no knowledge who any of these people are. Let's watch the behavior of other drivers and start learning how to. Let's let's try to anticipate what that person is going to do. Mm-hmm. Easy, much easier when you know someone, but you can do it just driving on the road. That person is going to do X dumb thing. Pretty soon, I'm going to watch them thread the needle and then cut someone off. And you can know it without knowing them. Yeah, but you know if you and if you can, you can also do this mm-hmm. just like buy a motorcycle. Oh well. They're all trying to kill you then. See? That's <laughs> all of yeah. yeah, every one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Easy. the sixth sense that you de- you develop, like, like I, th- I think the, the severity of, a, of the consequences mm-hmm. of any activity um, speed up your adaptation. Yes. No and, question. And so doing things, and, and not for the sake of them, but recognizing that, man, if the consequence, if... If if I can manipulate the consequence here to to make force me to be more present, mm-hmm. then I then that would be a useful thing. So if I take the you know if I take the car away and get on a motorcycle and put myself in that same situation, the then I am going to learn those behavioral characteristics a lot faster. I will probably lose them after I go back to being in a car for a bit too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, all they're perishable because you know it's like yeah, if you ride seven days a week especially in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> um, there's a, there are certain skills and things that you are going to develop that are ingrained right. um, it, that, that uh, uh, well, yeah, that, that are reinforced. And, and you will maintain them. They, they will be far more sensitive. You know, it's a far more sensitive sort of state of awareness than the person who rides his motorcycle one day on the weekend mm-hmm. or the person who, you know, who only who rides in fair weather only. Right. Like if you, okay, I make the commitment to commute downtown all, you know, to, to, to you know, and I have two metal bridge grates that I have to fucking go over in mm-hmm. order to get there. Um, that, and, and I know that if I'm down on East Lake, I'm probably, you know, that, that this is what the traffic situation is, is there. And, and, um, you know, all of the, if you make that commitment to, to, to commute regardless of the weather, mm-hmm. then the skills become less perishable because they uh, the requirement to learn them the at a deeper yeah. level is so much so much higher and eventually you know when i was living in europe and you'd see these people who you know they only drive on the week you know they'll leave like the, the weekends and national holidays um, are the worst time for traffic accidents. Mm-hmm. A, it's the worst traffic jams, um, you know, et cetera, but it's also the worst time for traffic accidents because people might not, oh, I live in Milan and I don't have to actually drive my vehicle, you mm-hmm. know, on a daily basis. I can walk everywhere. I can take public transportation to get to my job. And I only take the car out occasionally on the weekend when we when we might have a long weekend. So there's like a bank holiday or sort of three-day weekend. Then we can right. go to the country. Or it's my, you know, two, four weeks, whatever, national holiday. And then I'm... Yeah. I'm get out on the road now. and I'm getting there fucking quick. Yep. And I'm, you know, I watch Formula One, so, you know, I'm awesome. Clearly. One, as my, a driver. My, name, my name ends in a vowel. I watch Formula One. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it and it's absolutely fucking terrifying. And those are also the motorcyclists who are going to, you know, mm-hmm. more likely to, to get killed. I mean, any motorcyclist in Europe is probably 
um, more able to hand themselves handle themselves in traffic than any motorcyclist here. You know, unless I, they came from being a bike messenger here in the states, sure, they, different um, world. or something <laughs> like different world. Yeah. But um, but like so, I think those like those risk situations, whether it's climbing or it's being on a motorcycle or whatever, forces you to learn things, compels you to be more present, and learn these lessons quicker and deeper. Um, and then you just have to be aware of how, you know, like I said, you get back in the car and, you know, I don't have the same sensitivity. I still have like the, everyone is trying to kill me, mm-hmm. but now I can get over. Like I'm also, I feel like I, I take more risk when I'm in the car and depending on which car I'm in, like I, you know, I know the limitations of the vehicle and, and mm-hmm. it's best if, you know, if I'm, if it's a weekend and it's in the summer or it's a holiday weekend, I should drive the vehicle that doesn't go as fast mm-hmm. because then I you're operating uh, within constraints. I, I, there are certain constra- there's self-assigned constraints that that go along with the um, uh, increased law enforcement presence <laughs> sure. um, th- that may not be there on other days mm-hmm. when uh, so, uh, what I wanted to get to there was like being in a car does give you that sense even though you are you know you're not quite as fragile or exposed as you are on a motorcycle, but you're still way more fragile and exposed than you perceive yourself Mm -hmm. to be. Yet you will make decisions based on the fact that, oh, I have some body armor on, in a sense. And rather than, you know, I'm, you know, riding around on a bicycle, you know, wearing my underwear. Yeah, I I think you, you you see that same kind of behavioral shift with the comparison between like football and rugby. You know, ju- just that little bit of extra armor, you, the rate of injury r- risk is significantly higher with football. If you should look at like the concussion rates, massive increase. Yeah. And, that, and that's because you've just got that little bit of extra armor that people are just totally comfortable to just slam into each other. I mean, this, this, something happened, um, you know, with the advent, and it's relatively recent, uh, of people wearing helmets uh, in the ski area, mm-hmm. like skiing or snowboarding. Like, and I've, um, never, I've never worn one. Yeah, and I, I don't. I mean, I, I would um, if I were skiing now, but okay, I, I never did. It's it, and, and I f- found what was fascinating was it didn't necessarily reduce the risk of injury especially in more the more intermediate and advanced Mm -hmm. it gave them permission to take greater risks right which um you know and then the outcome of that was generally a more horrific result Mm -hmm. when the dice came up you know wrong for there have been some individual there have been some studies on a related topic uh traffic management i want to say it's holland was doing some uh, traffic safety stuff. Okay. And they decided that, um, among other things, they're going to reduce the number of, like, fog lines and divider lines in various places. And they were going to um, remove some of the guardrails in places. And they found that just by the act of doing that, people were much more careful. And you would think it would create you know, more hazard and, and greater consequence. Yeah. And, and the result was the exact opposite. People, you know, far fewer, far fewer problems in those areas. Oh, so if we I don't, don't know, I don't know if it scales. If we don't molly, molly coddle motherfuckers, the, <laughs> they, yeah. um, they take some responsibility or they, they recognize the, look, everything is not nerfed here. Right. So yeah, you're not um, wrapped in bubble wrap. So maybe you don't bump into people. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Another possible universal principle to extrapolate from there. Definitely. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I I think the um, 
I mean, there was a there's a period where every movie job I want. I mean, I had took my road bike everywhere, and I've mm-hmm. ridden in some pretty pretty awful places. I mean, or not awful. <clears throat> Uh, one of them was awful, but, um, but, <laughs> we've but in, we've in heard like, a bit of the podcast on that like yeah. urban environments of just where, man, you need to be sharp or you will mm-hmm. be a stain and, and just to like culturally be in places where in London, they're going to fucking try and kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, more so before, you know, bike bicycle racing became mm-hmm. more prevalent you know based on you know english winners of sure uh, big races um we have a and, we have a dear english friend who i'm sure probably has a bounty system but she wasn't willing to share that with us when we were driving with her uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I, I remember my little brother being directly instructed to open the door on somebody Air quotes, obviously. Not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> so. So there's there, there's that level, or or the, the or the kind of disregard, and the fact that you know, here in the states, if you're riding a bicycle, obviously you don't pay road taxes, mm-hmm. um, or some sh- you know shit, and therefore you're fair game for sure. You know, you're and and if you're wearing you know skin tight clothing, you obviously have um, questionable sexual uh, for orientation, sure. for and, sure, and you know, um, perhaps even you know politically suspect who knows yeah exactly um and then get into you know paris or uh, you know milan or someplace like that on a on a bike or rome mm-hmm. and yeah dangerous but man they're used to seeing people doing crazy shit sure. on bicycles so sure. it's it's not like um well their their situation or scooters yeah i mean the 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 car driver situational awareness is going to be more t- attuned to that additional variable than than here as well yeah um for the, for all the reasons you said, more more exposure, you've seen it more and more. Um, you're going to know, basically, have an idea what they're going to do, yeah. and what you need to do in response or not do in response. And in all of those, I mean, in all of the European countries, it's much more difficult to get a driver to to earn mm-hmm. the educational process is a bit more strict. Sure, um, to, to to have a driver driving license. Um, than it is. I think it's a constitutional right here. So it, I, something like something that. Like I don't know which amendment that is. Yeah. It's the one that goes with entitlement. Yeah, I think it's the one that says you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so some drivers are sort of incompetent, but I think it's really useful to put yourself in, you know, in certain situations. And there's, there's no, I think there's no better way, you know, really to learn a new location or culture than on mm-hmm. a bicycle. For sure. You get a bit more distance, you know, maybe you're four times as fast as you are you can cover four or five times more the more terrain than you can on foot but you can do so while smelling the air it's gonna say there's yeah. much more sensory input yeah you're, you're just not as insulated as you are in a vehicle you i mean you can turn on the radio i suppose while you're riding a bicycle but a little bit more difficult yeah i mean and it's and it's and it's done for sure mm-hmm. i mean um the smarter uh, tend to you know just put one headphone in right as opposed to both hear the oncoming vehicle yeah 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 so you know yeah. you know what you're about to get hit by right yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the, Ma- the driver shouting make and model <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you were talking about uh, the risks stuff it's fine okay yeah the other the other thing it's i was uh, one hour and 45 minutes okay yeah the device informs us that we are uh, at but one not hour the four. audience that okay. we are at one hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Excellent. <clears throat> and now they know too. Yeah, well, exactly. Nice. Unless, it, <laughs> unless it's edited out in which case, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> you're, you're talking about, uh, the sort of pattern recognition by multiple exposures and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's, there's another series of books that I want you to read. Um, 
the author is Gary Klein. He he did a bunch of studies on, um, I think he calls it recognition prime decision making. Okay. Um, and it's basically, um, it's one of the one of the key studies that he did was trying to figure out why experienced fighter firefighters made better decisions than people who are fresh out of the school. And, and it's not just you know it's not it, it 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 is really the you know they have more experience they've seen X Y and Z thing happen before okay and they've got you know a thousand data points they're following the same procedures and processes but you know as the person fresh out of school right but the captain hears the ping or notices that you know there's a little bit of a brighter glow on the roof or whatever and knows it's time to get out. Or, or something like that. Yeah. And, and but they've also seen the consequences where in yes. school, you know, the point, like, knows, you know, let's not kill any students or kill as few as possible, yeah. let's say. Yeah. I think they're allowed a certain, certain <laughs> number of, yeah. of uh, uh, I'd like to not come up on the short end of that one, yeah. I guess. Don't, don't be that. But, and, and so you're not presenting, um, you're pre- conceptually presenting the consequences, mm. but not the actual. You know, the so actual, maybe it's not as deeply embedded. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I think like you're going to adapt. You know, when you when you see what happened to your buddy who didn't make a great decision, mm-hmm. um, you'll learn. Sure. As opposed to them telling you, right? These are the consequences of a bad, you know, a decision in this exact situation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, cool. That's great. Um, well, yeah, and ha- having that, having the visceral experience of the actual consequences is super, super valuable for training. Like when when we were in ROTC and just do, doing like field stuff, like when we went and trained with other schools, mm-hmm. you could clearly see the difference between the, the the schools that had actually spent time out in the field really doing stuff and the ones who hadn't, because yeah. you had the folks who are actually familiar with the risks and the consequences of like, oh, you know, if you know, Don't set start- your mittens down. Yeah, exactly or- <laughs> that kind of thing. Like you know, when, when it starts raining, make sure you have everybody get their tarps on rather than take a knee and wait for further instructions. It's like because if you don't, you're going to get soaked. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Th- and three with- three points of contact at all times. Yeah, except for except when you don't. Except when you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll yes because if you take a knee and wait for further instructions. Um, uh, <laughs> let's. See. See, with all the warmth and comfort of 100% cotton. <laughs> yeah, and, and we had that exact situation happen at one point when we, tra- we were training with another school, and it was like, like that, that was the command was given. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> that was it, was like take a knee and wait. Yeah, but like, and you watch them like, yeah, be- like become I, I, sodden. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I was the one of the ones who was going to get soggy, and I'm like, like, I told, like the, the folks all around, like, yeah, no. Put your poncho on, then take any. Yeah. Like don't don't be soggy. Yeah. Because we because we'd experienced the consequences of you know you get soggy and then you keep training for four days and then you have, you're questioning whether you have trench foot. And uh, and it doesn't take four days. It turns it out to to get it to uh, have that develop. Well, I mean, and and this is kind of one of the interesting interesting lines of you know that that guideline is generally generally applicable. You know, here's the good rule. You know follow the guidance from higher but there are times when and if uh and sometimes the guidance is coming from the clouds mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah there, there are times that once you develop a level of sophistication or, or or whatever you realize yes that's the general rule it's a rule of thumb it's a good heuristic to throw out a graduate school word for you good heuristic but it applies in 80 percent of the time and 
they weren't talking about this situation where it's torrential downpour. So maybe don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's encouraging disciplined initiative there you go. is, I think, a very good thing in I like that. leadership. Yeah, it's, you know, basically the idea of in encourage people to take initiative and do do things on their own within the general constraints of, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. As long as you're acting within that, you are good to just go. Have a snack when needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It, it reduces the need for micromanagement because people understand what they're supposed to be doing and they've got... Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm well, hungry. I should have a snack. Don't wait for the right. squad leader to tell me that. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, don't don't play that role in ranger school because that will be the lockstep. <clears throat> but in the in the real army, um, you know, under, understanding your boss's what your what your boss's boss wants done, as long as you're moving the ball in that direction, you ought to have a fair amount of latitude. I mean, granted, you probably have to prove up that you are reliable and trustworthy in that sphere, but you know. Once you've got that level of trustworthy trustworthiness and reliability established, you'll you'll get the latitude to do other things. I thought that was an interesting thing that came up yesterday. It was like the the that um, two bosses mm -hmm. or two levels up of mm -hmm. knowing what your boss's boss right. wants done. Mm -hmm. That's the army's pretty smart <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, yeah, understand understand what the big picture is. You know, if if we're trying to accomplish, well, I mean, I'll, I'll use I'll use this standard stupid thing, you know, if we are trying to take that hill, okay, well, is that you know your immediate boss's guidance or you know is it the boss's boss's guidance, and why are we trying to take that hill? Do we have to go to the top of it? You don't need to know why, Private. Well, but you do to get the effect, right? <laughs> so. At, at the at the right. No, I'm insecure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I will. Therefore, you don't need to know why. Yeah, left, right, left, right, left, right, kill. Yeah. You know, but if you if you're in a situation where you you understand the intent and the effect they're trying to achieve, mm -hmm. it's like, why do we need do we do we need to go to the top of that hill and occupy it, or do we just need to make sure that someone else can't? How about how about I sit on. This hill. We can make him come down from that hill. Yeah. yeah. How about I sit on this hill where I'm safe and dry, and we make sure that he can't be over there. That he can't eat or drink. Yeah. And and oh by the way, you know, I've I've minimized our direct risk, and you can use us for other stuff later. Yeah. Win. <laughs> rather than, rather than hey diddle, hey diddle diddle straight up the middle, almost never a good strategy. When did that last work? Actually. Uh. I want to say maybe early in World War One. Okay, maybe <laughs> before if, anyone realized that there were machine guns and barbed wire. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say it's, it's long, it just depends on how many hey diddle diddles you have. Yeah, how many available? Yeah. You know, and well, I mean, the the the, the Russians aren't Russians aren't or used to not be shy about spending blood to accomplish things. Yeah, we we tend to be a little bit more uh, conservative conservative in that regard. Yeah. You know, the difference between subjects and citizens, I think, has something to do with that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to get killed from the front or killed from the back, so I guess I'm yeah, going to go, hey, you know, diddle, diddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick up, pick up the rifle from the guy who dropped it in front of me and go on. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Because we don't have enough? Something like Sometimes that. I remember some, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that's an issue any longer. Not so much. Not. One longer. thing we're really good at is spending a lot of money yeah. on equipment. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Regardless of um, culture. Sure. I mean, should the money be allowed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Building building on the other, since we're since we're on the book theme, <laughs> Mark Twight's book club. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Kahneman. Um, the book is Thinking Fast and Slow. Two different Got systems. It. You know, one one the, one the deliberate slow, and then the other the intuitive fast. Mm-hmm. And knowing knowing when, you know, figure out which which problem you're trying to solve, and knowing which tool to apply to the task. I don't think that comes from a book. It like shouldn't. I think you can just. My guess is you could probably read the first paragraph of each chapter in that book and be done with it. Oh, like for just sure. to, def- just, definitely. just yeah. recognize the difference of th- th- that there is a difference, mm-hmm. and the outcomes are different. And the situations are you know that they get used uh, that that uh, for which each concept is best adapted um, is is different. But doing it. Um, yeah, I don't need it, to see your homework. I just need to see the answers on how you got there. Not, as, far no. as, the, as far as the book, I mean, uh, for reading the book. Y- yeah. You need to be very familiar with your own temperament. Yes. F- far more important than, mm-hmm. like, these concepts that are coming to you via these condensed sort of mm-hmm. things that are designed to sell. Yes. Right. And, and, and especially if they're books that could have been a magazine article, but they got turned, but they, mm-hmm. they have 300 yeah. superfluous pages sure. of fucking bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but that's, gra- but that's graduate level thinking though, too. I mean, well, yeah. So fucking graduate. Like, I mean, <laughs> there you go. I like it. I, yeah. I mean, in, in, in a way, like what we say, yes, it's graduate level thinking and it comes from, you know, a lot of years of experience and this mm-hmm. and that, but why not start when you are inexperienced to, um, to know very well who you are and how you respond in specific situ- situations mm-hmm. you may not be able to guide it at that point right but you may be able to like take you know learn it and take notes and then real recognize like oh I'm, that thing I wanted I'm not the guy that thing I wanted to do I am mm-hmm. not that way yeah well, and I think also, also that's got, got a bit to do with pu- actually putting yourself to the test, like we were talking about earlier, of like when, when you're actually in those situations where there are real stakes, real stress, yes. you, you have to learn that. Where but real stakes, real stress can be social as well, as absolutely. financial or as, you know, it, it, so we can, we can de- manufacture them in, you know, non-life-threatening situations to appear to be yeah. consequential. Your your brain, well, your your body certainly doesn't, and your brain know the difference. Yeah, your body doesn't know at all. Your brain doesn't. I mean, I, I was just thinking about uh, some of the tailpipe different yes. manifestations. Um, <laughs> you will you will experience fight or flight. <laughs> you will be it, afraid you're not going to die. Yeah, or you'll or you'll go into it um, making decisions about weight beforehand. Um, that don't that prevent you from finding mm-hmm. from confronting those things. So it needs yep. to be a certain level of stress. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've only ever seen one person pass out. That's pretty good dur- during that. Okay. Yeah. That's a nice level of commitment. It, oh, holding two seventy-one pound kettlebells. Oof. Also. Well, I mean, to, to, to he, your he point, chose, ah, you know, yeah. he, chose, you know, he chose to have a different experience than the one yes. that would be afforded him by lighter weight. And yeah, the, uh, was the, the night saying he, he chose poorly. Um, you know, I was thinking you know, the, the, the hard thing with the, the self-awareness that you're talking about and, and the self-knowledge is um, there's not an easy system to, I mean, there, there, there may be, and I just haven't figured out what it would be, but um, 
figuring out a way to teach that um, to get people to learn themselves faster. Yeah, I mean, how do you do how do you do that at scale, <clears throat> right? You've got what's what's the what's the you know parent teach parents kid ratio maybe because it's certainly not going to be able to be done in a in a regular school environment. So I think p- part of the way that you do that is kind of talk- what we were talking about with, with uh, Rice's book er- earlier mm-hmm. of ha- having people who are there to be critical and encourage you to be critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have to shape the environment to encourage that kind of criticism and reflection. That's not graduate thinking. That's old guy thinking right there. <laughs> like, and which will be, you know, it's problematic. Let's just say, you know, you've got 20 to 23 year olds in the, in the program that, you know, that you're on, on your way, maybe some, some younger even. And there's, uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to be a man shit oh, going yeah, on yeah. That, that doesn't, uh, that yeah. won't, that won't permit that sort of behavior. And then I, I want, I just want to, um, go back is like yet you, you Robbie said it can't be done at scale and I'm said does it need to be done at scale and that's a very good question yeah. because you know a lot of people just shouldn't be allowed to make decisions for others <laughs> yes <laughs> hence there's generally more followers than leaders true and <laughs> I would that, um, but, but then we get back to our deal about breaking trail in the snow yeah find someone who's real good at it <laughs> Let them yeah, do uh-huh. it. <laughs> yep. I do subscribe to the theory that uh, most people just want to be told what to do. I don't think there's any question. Um, if and it's a lot, so life's a that, lot easier if you just know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And so you get a book mm-hmm. and uh, you attend. Um, Got to be at least a few seminars. Involved. Reminders. <laughs> right. Of certain lessons within that book. Sure. I don't know. Weekly. Mm-hmm. Just maybe just once a week. Oh, yeah, there's um, that. You know, th- then you could uh, have a whole structure of, you know, based on kind of 10 things of what not to do or what to do. Which, you know, pr- proven out over time works fairly well at scale. One could argue that there are times when it works a lot re- of people really seem poor- to really poorly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for the most part, that's, you know, a, a good set of, you know, we'll say 10 heuristics. Yes. Gen- yes. Generally don't do X. Yeah. And it works generally pretty do well. do uh, Z. Yeah. Or it works pretty whatever. well. Whatever. You know, fucking know thyself. Um, not everyone gets to. Oh, no. I mean, or not everyone does, and even certainly not everybody wants to. Yeah, that's like some scary. <laughs> that's some scary shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, I really do that. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so I am a fucking delight. Yeah, Lovely. exactly. I'm real fun at parties. Uh. <laughs> um, was that because? Let's see, who said that? It's from True Detective. He's a nihilist. Trying to said is which it, which season uh, first Se- okay. season okay. one Matthew I, I, the, the one that's worth character. watching yeah. yeah yeah I was gonna say the only <laughs> season but I mean, season three is not terrible okay season one is the one that I think we've we've seen two or three times yeah, yeah. it's really good shockingly like yeah unbelievable appropriate for the moment and the mm-hmm. probably uh, the time we as individuals were in also yes. and coming from two actors who are generally perceived as lightweights and they were intimately involved in the creation of that product and you just think okay my evaluation of both of you just did a 180 and I will look for more work from you yeah because you just impressed me that was uh, yeah that was uh, 
quite something. But I, but so the, um, this idea of sort of get, getting people to understand themselves and how they make decisions and what and what um, paths, trajectories, whatever in life may or may you know uh, may be more appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. You mean not everyone's required to go to college and get a four-year degree in something that's useless? No, just watch Dirty Jobs every season and you'll okay. be fine. You know, okay. you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> kind of been on this micro kick lately. <laughs> yeah. Because since I recently fan. reintroduced, but but just like, and, and seeing him talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the trades. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan. and I've got way more college than I, I can figure out what to do with. Exactly. And I, and I think, you know, yeah, maybe there's a... a Block. I mean, I ordered my college diploma online. There you go. So, don't ask to see it because I actually didn't. But no, I don't know. If I ever was found myself in a situation where I needed one, that's what I would. I'd probably well, just print it. I'd have Trevor design it, and with all kinds of secret Easter eggs in there, basically telling who was ever observing it to get fucked, and yeah, they'd feel really kind of uncomfortable looking at it. But they don't quite I'm not know sure why. I understand why I feel funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> t- I mean that, you're you're someone who is genuinely self-taught. I took the the easy way of you know go do this. Okay, take these classes. Okay, now in theory you've got this. Well, you do have this piece of paper that tells you you're supposed to be able to do this. Can you? I mean, maybe. But then ultimately, you you, you shortcut this, that, the other. And it doesn't like I don't necessarily. Um, I for for me, temperament wise, the formal structure wasn't going to teach me as much as I could sure. learn in other yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, but I also recognize that you know I, that's not for everybody. Yeah, um, you weren't and, looking for a job at IBM. No, but I have some friends who worked there sure. because IBM <laughs> used to have a really good program for you know semi-professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> that, I didn't know that. Yeah, very and, cool. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if it still exists, but um, I'm not sure IBM still exists. Do they? <laughs> I think so, but they're mostly consulting now. I think. Okay, but they still own the Watson thing, right? Didn't they develop the Watson computer? Yeah, that, I, th- that, I think they're doing they're doing more stuff with, okay, like with machine AI learning, and higher okay, higher higher level, learning. not consumer facing as much. Okay. But it, but I think that the the, the learning one's temperament and, and stress testing the conclusions of that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of, uh, of that learning, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of over and over again. And yeah, it takes it, it takes some time, and pretty soon you'll come to realize, like, wow, I'm I am. Uh, you know, I am more made for this, or this particular thing is more appropriate than than mm-hmm. what social pressure was steering me towards. And you know, I just figured out we do have a program for scaling that. It's called organized athletics in schools. Yes, which <laughs> not a perfect not a perfect model, but no. You want to talk? You want to talk about a, a way of figuring out who you are and what, what you can handle and what you don't want to handle. Oh, but that being said. Um, so let's just say on at, at certain levels, the, the organized athletics that are available are the ones that are eventually going to produce revenue at a college or university level. Yes. And I mean, at, at, at lower level or the more popular For sure, the, ones. They're, they're, they're yeah. the feeder system. You know, does, does your, you know, your school have a, you know, depending on where you are, and I don't want to, you know, do, do you have a swimming program? Mm-hmm. You know, is it possible? Is there some fucking intramural club where you can learn fencing or saber, you know, or right. something like that? Yeah. Like the more weird shit that's available, mm-hmm. the better. Oh, Definitely. for sure. I think because not everybody, like, yeah, young Mark, you're going to fucking play baseball because it's one of mm-hmm. the safe ball sports. Sure. Still, I got hit in the face with a bat, you know, but that, 
we were, you know, playing without the protective equipment Clearly. that should be required. That Clearly. should be required. And you know, when you play catcher, you shouldn't be that close. Apparently, oh, lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Took uh, <laughs> once. Yeah. <laughs> I guess exactly just once. But yep. you know, so, okay. So that ball sport was not for me. You know, I grew up like. Uh, and then I got put in soccer because mm-hmm. I, you know, both my parents thought football was too dangerous and it was also too mainstream. So you're going to play some silly Euro thing where guys sure. are going to question your sexuality and, um, you know, because you don't play a manly ball sport. Sure. So soccer and swimming, but they were available. Yeah. Not only as, you know, uh, extracurricular, but within the school program, um, uh, at least once I got to high school for the, for the swimming. And, and so it was just weird enough. And then I did find a, a way to learn fencing at high school. Mm-hmm. I did like things with, that were available. And, 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 and unfortunately, I think if you just get funneled down to the, you know, the four main, five main, whatever. Yeah. So we say, you know, pick ba- the shape of the ball you will play with. Yes. Yeah, exactly. or, or the, the turf you're going to run, you know, mm-hmm. the track you're going to run around, you know, or what you're going to do in the middle of the track. Right. You know. Don't throw that thing. That, that pokey thing hurt somebody. Don't hit those people. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know they come by with some regularity, and if you lead them well enough, <laughs> exactly. you might be able to get it's, one. But they're not an, good eating. I'm telling it, you, it's just a matter of timing. But don't. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so the, those mainstream things are 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 you know a po- a possible screening mechanism um, or, or or schooling mechanism, let's say for or educational mechanism for you know certain characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and temperament, but everything's selection always, mm-hmm. but the more options there are to do those things, I think the you get better. a finer grain, finer grain filtering, you know, not every kid's going to join the debate team, but well, maybe, yeah. you know, but it needs to be available. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and frankly, a good arts program. I'm a big fan. Yeah. You know, course, or a good model United Nations program where well, just, just to just to come out of the closet here, yeah. uh, I, I lettered in band and drama in high school. Nice. So there you yeah. go. Officer. Yeah, well, <laughs> rounded individual. At, yeah. I, I started high school at five, three. So my you know, options were okay. Options for, for some of those balls yeah, were, the, uh, to play with were different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just not going to happen. So, yeah. But, yeah, like but, I, I, mean, I, I ended up working in like game development and computer programming because I happened to take a for, for a couple of years mm-hmm. because I happened to take one in high school and thought, hey, this is fucking awesome. Well, he's he's being a little bit coy. He he was a uh, part part of a startup that actually did a game that's online right now. Oh, nice. It's in, in high school. That was yeah. You were that's yeah. He's bringing a little bit more to the table, and he lets you know. I certainly wish he, he um, may look dumb, but he's not. Not yeah. really. <laughs> Barely read, man. (laughs) And as I've heard, you can you know barely type, or you you type quickly, but just don't use all your fingers. There you go. I okay. So something there, the QWERTY Mm -hmm. keyboard and where it came from. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that like this is something I just learned today. I didn't realize that the limit, the built-in limitations, had to do with the mechanical limitations of type typewriters at the right at the time. Like that, if certain keys. I guess would have uh, so it, the key is what you tap, right. but then what is the lever that has the type? 
We'll just the, call the, it the lever we'll cut, that has the, the letter di- thing. The letter yeah. thing on the end. I think they're just okay. called like arms. I think that I think that's right. And they had to be positioned in a way where they wouldn't interfere with each other. So yeah. and, hence, and it's based on probability of use too. Yes, obviously so the E the Q being with the, a pinky. Yeah, it's like okay, someone's trying to tell you something. Yeah, you're yeah. Not, probably not going to use the yeah right the Q that often, but you'll use the U more. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it, the one that comes after the Q is further. Oh, yeah. oh it, it's yeah. And and one G, H and F the Q like, the Q will fall back before the U goes out and so they don't yeah get stuck and fall back to a different place mm-hmm. yes I, this is that is I, I, and I can actually tell you I, I because I had heard the story yeah I actually my parents had an actual mechanical typewriter so I played and, with I played with it and, and tried to get them to jam yeah yeah because it seemed like the I mean. As a future SF guy, clearly I want to learn how to break stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Got to know so, how to do that. And then there was the, the the when the electric typewriter came with the rotating golf ball mm-hmm. size thing, the sele- IBM Selectric or whatever. Which so, is yeah, that's how I learned to type. Who okay, knows? yeah. I think we had we for sure had an old, an, an old one with the lever mm-hmm. with the letter thing on the end of it, an arm, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, it must have come from my grandparents. Sure. Um, and then there was the uh, eventual, the super modern Selectric or something that right. just didn't have, it wasn't nearly as satisfying. No. Because you can, and I can, I still try to hate type mm-hmm. um, as, you know, uh, which is what you learn on, on, on a mechanical typewriter is so, that the, yeah. the harder you hit the key, the deeper the impression and the yeah. more dense the ink, which arrives on the paper. Yeah. Um, but it, with the Selectric, no matter how hard you hit same, the key, it, it's the same, same amount of force applied to the ribbon in the paper. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, you know, my touch screen. Uh, it's not the same. It's just not just the same. Strip out all <laughs> yeah. the satisfaction of typing. Yeah. Uh, except, to the extent there is. You know, on a, on a keyboard, you know, sort of, I can still get some satisfaction of just the sound mm-hmm. and the feeling of stabbing <laughs> the, uh, the keys. You can turn up the sound on the keyboard or something like that. It'd be yeah. kind of or, or get a mechanical keyboard that's extra clicky. There you go. Yeah. Bonus yeah, feature. More, more travel. They're not one of these thin, sleek keyboards now, but one of the deeper ones. And no the... butterfly switches. I actually find yeah. it really. I actually find it really difficult to f- to type on those because there's no there's no physical feedback for me, or there's not enough physical feedback. Yeah. So I I do actually have a regular keyboard on my laptop. But on the on the little membrane ones, it's just like ah, it's really hard. I, I can't do it. Yeah, the, the um, uh, so there there was a little an interesting thing like a, the projected keyboard mm-hmm. that you I've can get that. So just like any table, like if I need a full size keyboard, I can put my you know my phone up in front of me that will be the screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then th- th- that keyboard would be pro- projected so you're tapping whatever piece of plywood or right. fucking magazine or you know uh airplane tray <laughs> slash t- table thing folding sure. down thing and and um somebody had told me about this they were like ah the whole system is very portable it all is in my pocket now but mm-hmm. it's still a full-size keyboard and i was like yeah thanks for letting me try that's super impossible to use mm-hmm. yeah like as my hand passed over the h on the way to the other one and yeah. that was the one i meant to hit but There's the h is there the they're just not english yeah exactly I don't know what yeah. that is. so some feedback and some you know appropriate positioning um yeah so what, what that 
Yeah, one, one thing that's interesting for the keyboard layout stuff, like as we're talking about, QWERTY comes from the t- typewriters, but pe- people have actually come up with designs for keyboards now that are, w- w- in theory are more efficient for typing now that we don't have that constraint. Okay. But nobody wants to use them mm-hmm. because we're all used to QWERTY. Right. You can you can actually, I think the one, one of the keyboard patterns is, I think it's called Dvorak, and you can put stickers over your keyboard, okay. each key, and then by, by virtue of whatever wizardry inside the machine, yeah. it, it's reprogrammed to do that. And so you can have the keyboard that you own already re- relabeled and actually function differently. Interesting. Yeah. And, and in theory, it's, it's a bit, what, if you're used to touch typing with that, it is faster than the QWERTY because it's just better laid out. Once, once you efficiency. relearn. Once, yeah. yeah. Once you relearn, being the big caveat. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, when I'm uh, communicating in written or typed French with friends, mm-hmm. I, you know, switch to a French keyboard. And sure. Then, um, and it, there's a period of <laughs> adaptation. Suboptimal <laughs> literacy. Y- yes, exactly. Exactly. That's only available on the touchscreen, obviously. I mm-hmm. can't, you know, I'd have to buy a whole separate thing. But uh, but it is kind of fun. At least at least the accents go in the right places then if, it, yeah, if the spelling is correct. I think I've got, I've got, I've got Russian and Irish on my phone because I'm learning Irish right now. Oh, okay. No, no work, no work reason for that. I, yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly no work reason for that. Um, however, so Irish would be Gaelic? Yeah. A lot of consonants. Um, or is that Welsh? Welsh, you might have like, Two L's and a W in a row. Yeah, Welsh is Welsh looks like someone just spilled a you know alphabet soup okay. to me, and then ate half the vowels. Yeah, took away some vowels. <laughs> um, for for just just keep, because learning languages keep us sharp. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the theory. Um, and you know, I, I I used to be very proficient in Russian, but it's like don't have anyone I really feel like talking to in Russian. Um, don't have any work reason to do it really right now, although potentially some stuff down the road, but not anything that I really feel the, the stimulus to do. So this actually was, did come up in conversation yesterday about the second language that I learned. Mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, it's that for a young person, I think is probably one of the best things. Oh, for sure. And how you choose, like I, I chose the language of the place that I needed to be to do what I mm-hmm. wanted to do as a climber. Yeah. So um, not totally useful, but then somebody said, unless you go to Africa, or I guess so I'm yeah. guessing sort of West Africa still. Yeah, West Africa is all Francophone. And if I want to go to Haiti. Or <laughs> having been you? there, <laughs> having uh, been there, I would advise uh, against. I, I, I didn't say I wanted to. I, that, 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 that was predicated with if. Yes, the big, the <laughs> I big guess if. that would be uh, um, Quebec. You know, I found it semi-useful there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but there are languages that have a bit more utility, let's sure. say, that one could learn. Um, but that's always, you know, a lot of... One, but but know, we're saddled with the most useful language on the planet right now, as it is. <clears throat> so people, uh, people will bend over backwards to speak English to you. Yes. Part, partly because it's the common tongue. Partly, you know, in my case, they don't always want to hear me butchering their language. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there are all sorts of reasons. I, I learned a few key phrases in French yeah. so that they would ask me to speak to them in English. Nice. It was a nice technique. Yeah, I, that's that, that's You're, useful. And and Russian was that a professional choice? At, at, it uh, was. Yeah, that was. And did you, did you go to the uh, the uh, uh, government language school? I did not. I uh, I picked up most of my Russian at the University of Washington, and then. Okay. 
I did a year, I got a, picked up a graduate degree in London where I did a year of Russian stuff with that. Oh, nice. So then I, you know, enlisted in the infantry as, as one does. And uh, yeah. it's all, all there. Yeah. I guess Russian would be a, be a useful, could be, could be a yeah. useful language in the future. It's, yeah. I mean, at, at the time it was sort of d- diminishing in, in utility because it was the tail end of the Cold War. Yeah. I was, I was living in London and we're watching BBC and, oh, that's the wall falling oh. down. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Yeah. But 89. 89. <laughs> <laughs> November-ish. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, so we'd spent, you know, 20, 20 year vacation or 30 year vacation from that history. But yeah. They're back. There, yeah, seems seems to be coming up again. I think um, there was a large proportion of uh, members of the LDS Church that ended up mm-hmm. at various intelligence organizations because they can pass the poly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and they speak languages that nobody else does. Yeah, exactly. There, there I, are only two kind of people in the world who speak Finnish: Finns and LDS missionaries. Yeah, and the Finns who, will tell you that. That's pretty good, right yeah, there. The I mean, you just, and which is an interesting thing because then it does culturally shape these organizations. Yes. Um, but uh, I like the inference of they can pass the poly, mm-hmm. um, just because I can think of all sorts of reasons. One, as a member of that particular uh, faith, um, one might find themselves in where being able to pass a polygraph would be. Or be Having to lie about something might be useful. Yes, one, yeah. one could extrapolate. Yes, one, one would think that that is the case. But I'm guessing that's probably the same with every faith. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Not having one of my own, I, I can't say for sure. Are you faithless? Not, not in the sense of being an infidel, but <laughs> <laughs> strategic ambiguity. I, have, I haven't made a final choice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It'll be like like a door number one, two, or three on the way out. Or if you, you know, yeah. nothing else. You know, death deathbed conversion. Yeah, or something. They allow that. that Encourage it sometimes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Although I think the rules on things as cheating to the church, uh, your doesn't doesn't happen anymore. It used to be the case. It used to be your your deathbed conversion was you know aligned with your property going to the the Catholic Church, but that's. Probably, probably been a few centuries since that was applicable. I suspect that's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. I think there'd probably be some family members who weren't really down with that. <laughs> Said no, that that was verbal. Yeah. There was no signature, and besides, he was out of his fucking mind when yeah. he said it. It was, it was a long time ago in another country, and besides, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so other languages that you know might be useful i'm guessing what for sporty purposes or for business purposes i well i don't know i mean what like just in in general now i mean obviously you know in in uh i'll just say the lower 48 i mean having a mm-hmm. handle on spanish is yeah, for sure pretty useful. Be, be, yeah. would be a useful one that spanish that should be sure. i think that's probably a give, like a given like that should be yeah I'm, you know, I hate to say mandatory, but I'm, I'm that fan. should be available. I mean, I, I just think kids that grow up with, you know, A, more education, B, more language skills uh, equals yeah, better society not later. not to like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Easier to travel, which should be encouraged to begin with. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I mean, and there's, and there's I, I guess, another thing. Like, if we're on the, which, you know, what should I be reading? Where should I be visiting? I Well, I don't know. Go to Europe and see what that blue field with the gold stars thing is all about 
Yeah. How and then go to Switzerland and see how well they're surrounded by Europe and yet. I got a not. sort of off off the wall question for you. Your your French is good enough that you're right in it. When you are writing in French, do you find that you are thinking differently than you do in English? Oh fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's that, and there's also the speaking of it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, um, and it's funny, you know, Michael pointed it out at one point. There was a guy who was training in here who spoke French, and we started speaking. Michael, it was the first time he'd seen me, I think, speak, and. He was like, holy shit, you became a different person. I was going to say, just the choice of the words, see you speak French. Yes, mm-hmm. rather not, yeah. rather than here. And and for sure, I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't want to say diplomacy mm-hmm. to it, but there's a softness, a, an indirectness mm-hmm. that then shapes how, um, it, then it shapes body language. Sure. Shapes tone, um, a voice. Mm-hmm. And um, and and if I'm and if I'm writing in it, it's it's complicated enough for me to write in French that it is more conscious. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's going to be different, right? Like it, like it has to be. And and, there, and can I find a simpler sure. way to say this with that is a, that is consistent with like, the limited skill that I have and culturally, you know, within the cultural idiom or whatever, you're not making up some sort of phrasing that they're going to look at you as like. Where did you learn your French again? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I my my Russian has has degraded over the years, but you know, when when I was at my best, and this is you know, twenty five years ago or whatever, now, but when I was at my best, you definitely feel the shift. You know, from thinking thinking in English and speaking in English to you know speaking Russian and understanding you know how to convey ideas, how to present it. You know, as a Russian would hear it and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I mean, talking yesterday and, and hearing um, our friend describe like him, him, you know, he's learning, you know, when he was learning Russian and mm-hmm. he's speaking to Russian and the dudes, you know, the that Russian guys are like, you speak like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fascinating. He's like, I, no, I hadn't we're, run across d- that. we're dudes. We don't conjugate in the same way that women do. And he's like, well, all my instructors in Russian, all, you know, three yep. or four of them or whatever it was, were female. And so he mm-hmm. would have learned different idioms and, and sort of tone and, you know, position sure. um, from them than. You know, no, we don't conjugate. Yeah, we're dudes. We're dudes. No, we use, we oh use brute God. force and ignorance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we contract things that you know probably shouldn't be contract, but because we can. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Which and and I, and there in lies you know, like I didn't. I, I had formal French instruction in mm-hmm. high school. I think one or two semesters, um, but it didn't. You know, none of that stuck. I could, re- I just, that was just repetition. Like I passed the test by repeating what you taught mm-hmm. me to say and practicing the repetition. Yeah. And there's a role for and, rote learning. I mean, uh, for sure. You, you've got to, at some point you've got to crank some of the stuff out. Yeah. For sure. But then for the majority, I mean, I learned in the street, which is mm-hmm. why I, where, and so I didn't learn to write. I had to teach sort of myself to write by, you know, reading climbing articles in French and then trying to rewrite them in English. So and a, then, a narrow vocabulary. It, well, yeah, I had to, I had to narrow it down sure. to, to things where I understood, you know, what, mm-hmm. where I could predict what they were trying to say. Yes. Right. Because I knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I knew the, right. the subject matter. Whereas if it was like, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, making perfume in the South of France. And I'm like, okay, this is, an, yeah. un, th- there's no way that I can, I don't have 
any proximity to this at all. There's no mm-hmm. way that yeah, I can. Yeah, you, you don't have the context to of, extrapolate. Exactly. Um, or imagine what might be being said about, oh, sure. what's, what's the next idea that's going to come up? Yes. Um, but since I learned in the street, then I speak from that way. And I, mm-hmm. you know, my conjugation sometimes is somewhat imaginative. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but then on the other hand, when Cece and Elodie have been here and we were speaking French and Cece's like, who, what the f- Fuck, how can you, how do you, you use more complicated French words than French people do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, was, that's the uh, ones I know. I yeah. heard uh, someone do it once, and so I just did uh-huh. that because it seemed yeah. appropriate, and everybody liked that person sure. that her respected and seemed I, to be able to communicate I, I with them. I thought that was the word for yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> and so a couple of things where you said, well, the less complicated, the more simple version of this is this. Mm-hmm. Um, so however you learn a second language, it's going, you know, your origins are going to be visible mm-hmm. to a native speaker of that yes. language. Yes. Or uh, your origins or, or maybe some of the cultural surroundings of how you learned are, are going to be, I which can, I think is. Yeah. I can give you a very good illustration. Um, I won't throw her name. My, my wife, yeah. my, my wife speaks very good German, okay. but she learned French first. So nice. when she's speaking, when she's speaking with a German, they yeah. will guess what region of um, Germany and usually uh, southern Germany, yeah. or Switzerland, closer to closer to. Oh, nice! Yeah, they, they assume it's one of the two. Yeah, um, they they don't necessarily. They, they think, know she, it's not native. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean for they, sure they can, they can for sure pick up that she's not a native speaker. But you know, you you learned here or here. Yeah, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and my French. I mean, I I learn in, in a very specific department in France, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's the Haute Savoie, and the only place that speaks that you know where French is spoken more slowly mm-hmm. than in the Haute Savoie is in Switzerland. Okay, um, and 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 so people will figure it out right away that it, from uh, Savoie Haute Savoie is where my, the accent that I speak right. and the pace at which I speak is from. And if I am in Paris or I am in the South in mm-hmm. France, they know right away I'm a fucking country bumpkin. Right. They're just yeah. like, yeah, you ain't speaking quick enough here. Right. We need to get shit done up in here, so uh, feel free to, you know, <clears throat> press the gas. Right. Yeah. I, I've been told that I speak Spanish with a slight Colombian accent because one, one of my teachers that I had was was from Colombia. And and you imitate it, and we yeah, imitate exactly. what, what sure. we hear. You're, you're, you're learning I'm, a language, yeah. like what's what you got. And, and yeah. I used to have a slight St. Petersburg accent or Leningrad accent. Okay, so yeah, we, depending on which time, I which, which Lenin, time it would yeah. have been Leningrad because the the people who taught me were from it, from there. Yeah, and that one changed lived through the siege, by the way. In that changed officially in '99. Uh, was it? Or maybe it was there, probably around then. I'm not sure. Actually, I should know. I think I think the first time I I want to you know ninety nine ninety when, um, when everything came down yeah because I want to say the first time I went to uh, Russia in the summer of nineteen ninety it was Leningrad and when I went back six months later it was changed okay. but maybe it had just changed maybe they had just finally said yeah we're gonna fucking accept this right or something I don't know when the official part was but I think I have slides taken on one trip that say Leningrad and St. Petersburg on the next trip right. something but um, so I think that's uh, like like this this way and I guess you know how we even how or where we grew up with uh, the English language I mean it's it's I don't know if the Pacific Northwest has a particular uh, there there are tells. <laughs> there there are for sure tells um, but 
another another story from my wife. Um, back in the days when you would actually have to call up a catalog on, on the eight hundred number to order yeah. anything, yeah, um, people who you know from whom she was ordering things would know where she was from because she didn't have a regional accent that they could pin down. And so, a lack of regional <laughs> so, accent means yeah. means it's like here are the places where that can be. Yeah. Okay. So, call center workers are. Uh, 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 quite, good good quite intel a, collectors. Quite, quite adaptive bull as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Now it's all automated. Yeah. Or or run out of you know another country that doesn't have English as a native language. Yeah. No, you, come on. Your name's not Jane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell, me where you, tell me where you really are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and why are you awake right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Spanish, we've discerned it's useful. Spanish would be good. I think they're... I mean... There, there are too, too many. Well, okay, so, so we live in an area where ninety um, percent of the people around us or are higher are tech workers for Microsoft, Amazon, sure, Facebook, yeah. Facebook, Google. Um, we're right across the street from a SpaceX facility. Okay, I mean across the street through the woods. Yeah, um, but we're <laughs> through a good amount of woods, which is nice. Um, but you know, so our neighbors are, you know. Native Chinese speakers, of native Russian speakers, native Urdu or Hindi speakers, a um, couple of you know native Serbo-Croatian speakers. So, you know, yeah, excellent food, excellent food where we are now. Yeah, yes, sure. Um, e- eating Indian food out outside of the Seattle area has just made me sad. Yeah, well, I mean, Eastern Washington is not going to be the uh, Indian food metropolis that you'd no. like it to be. No. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not so much. They're yeah. too smart to be there. Right. So, uh, London <laughs> or yeah. UK, anywhere fine commercial fine, center, fine India. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So, so where <laughs> theoretically right now, mm-hmm. um, if you spoke Russian, you'd probably get by in Serbia. I can tell you for a fact, you can get by fairly well in Serbia, or or, or, or at least portions of what used to be Serbia. Or yeah, okay. So any where the former yeah. Soviet Union had great influence, yeah, there would still be. And is that you think that's a generational thing? Yeah, um, I think that they've stopped. They've largely stopped teaching Russian in the schools. Okay. Um, in in I don't think I I think it'd be very unlikely that you'd learn Russian in Poland. But if you if you're actually it'd be very hard in Polish because because Polish is a different Polish is a different sort of Slavic. Okay. But I mean you can you can fumble your way through some of the other Slavic languages if you speak slowly and enunciate clearly, and and they're willing to do the same. And they're willing to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I we we dealt when we, when I was in the Balkans, we we dealt um, as often with. Uh, Serbo-Croatian speakers as we did with Albanian speakers. Mm. For the Albanian speakers, you know, most of them spoke German and for the rest I had, you know, an interpreter. Um, but the Serbs, we could get by in a mix of, you know, Serbian and Russian. I just, I marveled at a friend, climbing friend that um, uh, studied Latin growing up. Mm-hmm. Later went on an exchange program, you know, to college and university in France for a while. So he's fluent in French. Um, but watching him, you know, navigate Italian and Spanish, mm-hmm. which are both based on Latin, like yeah, so all he's just like, oh, well, the rules apply, and yeah, I just yeah, need a little bit different pacing and yeah, it's and just, accent. I'm like, it's oh. all just legionnaire Latin. Okay, I mean that's how they got there. Seriously, I mean, if it, you think about it, you know, it's good it, point. It's pigeon Latin. 
And Romanian Shit. Romanians basically, you know, Same, Rom- Romania used to be Dacia, which, which is where they, you know, settled, 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 conquered lands with with centurions, retired centurions. And so Romanian is is similar. Yeah, it's similar to to. It's not a, it's not as close it's as not like a, French. Let's say direct. Yeah, yeah, but but for sure there's the the. I mean, it's a Romance language, or yeah. at least Romance influenced. Uh, so I figured Latin would be a good thing. Oh, to yeah. Study and that would put you probably in a Jesuit school, and that's probably not a bad thing. I mean, if you want to do an exchange program <laughs> at the Vatican, it'd be super. But yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. L- l- less that it has the direct applicability versus you can you can use it to understand well sci- science, medicine, and then get you pretty far in Spanish, well, French. I mean, if you've la- got, Latin. but also like the, the if, if if with a good grounding in Latin, mm-hmm. the countries that are available for you to travel to where you could. Yeah. Uh, you you wouldn't be completely off the back language wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, oh, for sure. It's pretty high. Hot. It's, well, it's huge. I mean, anecdotal story for me. You know, in when I, when I was in grad school in London, I went across to to Paris for Christmas, and we went because I was with my then girlfriend and went to a church service, you know, a mass. Yeah. And so for the for the bulk of it, they're speaking French, which was like. I, I I couldn't yeah. I couldn't could, follow it. I, yeah. I knew words here and there, but then. A portion of the liturgy was in Latin, and it's like, now I got you. I yeah. can at least puzzle my way through this. Yeah. Um, with obviously, I don't speak it or, or read much of it, but there's enough proximity to you know words that I do understand, enough cognates. It's like, okay, I got gotcha. you. Interesting. Yeah, you can hum a few bars. Fake it. <laughs> yeah. Fake it for the sake of a date. Yeah. <laughs> there's a proverbial dictionary. There's the uh, the long haired dictionary theory, yeah. which. If you are looking to learn another language, it is a, a recommended technique. Yeah. I had, I had a, a number of sort of interesting experiences in France before being fluent was dating, quote-unquote, sure. air, heavy air quotes. And also, actually, my first marriage, um, getting married in a Catholic church in France. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember sore knees and a lot of... Stuff of, that I yeah, a lot, lot of kneeling yeah, yep, and a lot of words I didn't understand. Yeah, I would I would mean mm. every every re- religions have specialized vocabulary. You were talking about the climb of vocabulary. I'm yeah. sure that the the liturgy has words that you don't come across uh, in the a, normal on, discourse on the daily. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just want yeah. a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. It was fun yesterday though, like when. Um, Elodie's playlist was on and mm. all these French yeah. songs. And, and we share similar enough taste in music where there are songs that I, you know, for you know a number of years listened to and sure. practiced to try to understand so that I could sing along. And sure. On, on the playlist. Put a smile on her face. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> on, on the playlist note, it was funny yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, I could tell who had done the playlist because it's like, you don't often hear Love and Rockets. It's like I oh, know, <laughs> yeah. So Friday, if I if I'm running the workout, I usually choose the playlist. Yeah, I thought so. yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't. There was a, they were you know here and gone. Yeah, and had great roots and you know yeah. some great solo records and reconnections yeah. afterwards. The right thing for the right time. Yeah. Um. What else? What else we need to cover? I feel like I feel like you know we we're it feels like it feels like it's winding down. I think I think so. we've covered the covered the territory pretty well. All right. Been uh, an eclectic weekend on all sorts of different fronts. <laughs> Definitely oh Co- covered a fair amount of territory. We've <clears throat> yeah, 
Got some good workouts in, got some good conversation. <laughs> got to work. got to feel my soul exiting through my mouth on the skier, which yes. is lovely. Yes. Got to have the uh, the sun bake down, beat down, baking you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just something. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't imagine that it, you know, it was in the mid-90s or whatever in Seattle this summer because when I lived there, any day warmer than, I don't know, 80 mm-hmm. was fucking mm-hmm. miserable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, still I is. Still is. Been out a couple of, I remember we did one five-day fitness thing at uh, 275. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might have been doing a cold weather club, but it was it was like ninety ninety or something when we were there, and I was like, ah, it's not supposed to be like this. This is well, it's not like being in Maryland this time of year. No, hundred hundred and fifty percent humidity. The, yeah, which is not possible. <laughs> no. You know, it's like, yeah, we would just measure days like it's a five t shirt day, mm-hmm. you know, or something like oh, yeah. that. That um, and I mean, it just it didn't sometimes I don't really pay attention to where and I'm like, oh, I got a job I got to go do. And I don't really remember where it's going to be. Right. But that, I, that was memorable in the Northwest um, on, on that trip, just because of how unusual it was. Like, I don't, that's not how those but, aren't yeah. memories of the Northwest that right. I hold on to. Right. You have a, you have a point of reference and that's outside of the norm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we we had a weekend that got up to like 103 recently. It was yeah, so, it was nuts. It was you, you, you walk outside and it's just like a wall. I of believe heat. I think it was the Fuck. weekend before July Fourth weekend. I believe it was the it was three days in a row in the hundreds, and at least two of those I think were record temperatures for this for Western Washington. Okay. Yeah, and you had in Ellensburg like 115 or something insane, right? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Which is like Death Valley heat. That's not okay. But but being on the east side of the Cascades, yeah. it's a it's a dry heat. Isn't sure, it? Yes. dry heat's better. <laughs> well, you've seen the you've seen the meme with the uh, Seattle impression of Eastern Washington and Eastern it, Washington. <clears throat> uh, I haven't, but I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna you know joke about the Tuscan Raider and watching out for the Tuscan Raiders when you're over in East. Eastern Washington, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, and the guys with the satin hot pants in, in Western Washington. So, pretty much sums it <laughs> up. To, to sum up the impressions of each other, there, there we go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, not even, I can't, we, we have hit a low I can, note. I, I can't. I can't even. I, I, Seattle's a lot different than when it, I was. Yeah, there, and I haven't. Again, like you, you, you had mentioned that. Yeah, if you haven't been there in the last year or two years or whatever, it's it's changed even more. Yeah. Um, and I, I just had a pass through and I was like, I ain't stopping. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, there, the, the, gov- the governance in Seattle setting, setting aside who's doing it, the, the governance in Seattle, um, it's, there seems to be a question as to, you know, do you represent the people who voted for you or you represent some other constituency because you seem to be more focused on the constituency than is, the voters. And is that a um, is is that Seattle Metro or is that King County? Uh, Seattle Metro for sure. Okay. Um, King County itself, you know, I think is better governed. I'm not even sure who our county. Is it, I, I should know who our county executive yeah. is. Yeah, uh, I'm but sure he, we have one. He, yeah, I mean, he exists. <laughs> he do, he doesn't impinge on my life. Yeah. Um, the services that I care about, I know where the fire station is. Mm-hmm. I know where the local uh, sheriff's office is. Yeah. And they're all responsive and good so it's like okay i don't have to care i just i just remember that like after having you know i left moved away from seattle i guess permanently in 87 Mm -hmm. i guess 
Um, but I, so, sometime thereafter, maybe it was in the 90s, I was, or early 2000s or something, um, when I used to have a television and I was back living in the States and, and uh, I realized that almost every episode of Cops mm-hmm. was like wood. It was like Pierce County. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was just like, is it just is it because that's where the you know the film crew is from and they base themselves out of there? Or is it just like Pierce County was so fucked at the time? And, and I and I think the answer is yes. Okay. Um perfect. I, I think I think they developed a relationship with the uh the Lakewood Police Department. Okay. Um and I think that they got enough sporty activity that it was worth being there. Well, let's just stay. Let's just yeah. like, yeah, we're never going to run out of content yeah. if we, if no. we stay I mean, here. For, for people who don't know, I mean, Lakewood is just outside of Tacoma yeah. and just outside of Fort Lewis. Yeah. Um, you know, and parts of it are amazingly uh, appealing to live and other parts aren't. And they interact in strange and magnificent ways. Yes, strange. Um, does that... Uh, the wooden dome. Does the Tacoma Dome still exist? Yes, yep. it does. Despite, despite an attempt by a uh, two seven five guy to burn it down with a uh, star cluster, <laughs> or it may, have been, it may have been a flare. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> it is still the. Uh, I believe it is still the largest freestanding wood dome structure in the world. Okay. Um, and I forget. I forget what concert it was. It was in about somewhere between. I want to say it was somewhere between eighty three and eighty seven. Um, someone took some ordnance from where it was supposed to be mm-hmm. and took it to where it wasn't supposed to be and popped it inside the dome. And I believe it hit the ceiling and continued to illuminate things ah. for a period of time. Uh-huh. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. All right. So somebody was doing something he didn't want to do for a while after that. I would imagine. Yeah. Fuck. Mm. <sighs> One thing we didn't touch on okay which i would like to sure because um just because it was uh so we got to know each other digitally mm-hmm. via um someone who could vouch for both of us indeed um, and uh and then you you came down uh for a symposium i did and that was one that was our first one where we had sort of some diets that we asked people to mm-hmm. adhere to or pay a financial penalty or not yep. um of the three which one was um do we have the the digital the, sort of thing or the, the what you consume right um and and that that not only being food but um but but mostly media yeah and then there was the the other consumption the physical consumption of food and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and maybe moderate that and the last one was substances mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it was just substances sure. which of those did you uh, did, did you try to oh I, I i i did all of them okay and i managed all of them nice um the the one that was probably the most difficult was the media input because i really do try i mean and, and you knew the answer to that one was, was going to be that one anyway yeah. um because i really do try to keep my finger on the pulse of things it was an interesting azimuth check for me to be able to do the this if i need to know about it i'm gonna find out about it okay so maybe maybe i don't rather than actively (laughs) seeking yeah you know and you know i will probably for since we have another symposium coming up in Mm -hmm. approximately six weeks 
I may see if I can do a more extended version of the, you know, feeding media feeding window during a day. Okay. Um, and stretch that for the six weeks. I haven't decided yet. And did you, um, when doing that and sort of starting like, okay, did you just reduce quantity or did you also like do a little sort of assessment of the value of certain channels by, by which the news was arriving? So for the first week I cut it off entirely, Okay, which was fine, but I did feel like I was, no, it was, it was just the, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, um, there was a certain amount of assessment of, okay, wow, I really do have more time to do productive things, yeah. uh, which is not an, not an unexpected result. Yes. Um, you know, tw- towards the end, I did the, okay, you know, when, you're, when you get up and check your morning email, you can check this news source for a little bit and see if there's anything, you know, world shaping that you need to be aware of. Okay. Um, you know, as, as a portion of my business, I kind of need to be informed about developments in um, my old career field and certain parts of the world. Yes. Um, so, you know, if there was an article on special operations or there's particularly interesting things happening in Russia or Ukraine or portions of the Middle East, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, that's going to come up in conversation, so you need to know it. Uh, what, um, let's just say this particular news channel or whatever, mm-hmm. what is, uh, what's the chosen... Um, do you know, I actually reverted to uh, a mix of the Washington Post and the New York Times <clears throat> Interesting. because I know how to filter for, I can I can tell what the factual portions are Okay, and I'll do my own spinning, thank you very much. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, but they, they have, you know, among the best. So you know how to filter their filtering. Yeah. Or yeah. their biases. Or their, yeah. I mean, I know what my own biases are and we all have them. Yeah. Um, I know what theirs are. You know, I can, I can tell the difference between, uh, you know, data point fact and an interpretation of a fact and well, fact interpretation of what the fact means and then an opinion about, you know, the implication. Yeah. It's like, I'll do my own opining. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, fell back on those, you know, it can't be CNN is, you know, a deeply silly thing. Um, Fox, which is, you know, closer to my own proclivities in certain ways. Um, I don't find the analysis all that helpful. Yeah. I mean, just, just to put a, you know, put that on it and there aren't a ton of other, um, great sources that are news versus analysis or interpretation. Yeah, um, there there are plenty of other places where I go for okay. Here's here's something that happened, or here's a long term trend, um, and here's our here are our thoughts about that, which I think is different. I think yeah, I, I, if, hey, people want to be led, people want to be told. Huh. So yeah, pick your thing, and then they'll start saying stuff that you like hearing. And um, well, I think we we talked about confirmation bias either yesterday, today, or. All of the above, or, or all probably. of the above, yeah. <laughs> um, w- one of the things that I've, you know, tried to beat into Mitchell is, you know, if if a piece of information um, dovetails too well with what you already think or believe, yeah, check it. Yes, really hard. Yes. I mean, my, lately, I mean, I mean, for, for a lot of years, the BBC mm-hmm. website is my first click. Mm-hmm. Then CNN International. Okay. Like because it seems to be less silly, it's less than yeah, less silly than the domestic the, one. The, than the d- d- domestic, um, if I was particularly interested, I would mm-hmm. go to the Le Monde website. Oh, so 
Um, but I, uh, so I don't have the French for that. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But there, then, because then all of a sudden you have a, a completely di- different mm. perspectives than any Anglophone will ever for come sure. up with. Um, and, uh, um, and then I like to do a little left, right, mm-hmm. you know, so are you familiar with the website called the beige page? No. So it is, um, it is what like what Drudge used to be, okay, but um, bifurcated by left, left-ish, right-ish, and essentially objective center. Um, and you know it's very coarse, very coarse in terms of how they do it. Um, you know, and there are certainly gradations of you know this is left center left-ish, and this is hard left whack wackadoodle. Okay, and, you know here's you know center right, and here's you know. About as far as right, about as far right as you want in your browser history, and no further. Here, here's flat Earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you can you can yeah. find that spectrum there. So I, I find yeah. it a useful tool because it's shorthand. Okay. I mean, I, I would I would know how to categorize those outlets. I'm familiar with all of them. Okay. You know, read the Guardian, read the Independent. I've done it over time. Yeah. You know, I I know what their spin's going to be. Yes. I and and it, it, there was a period like early 2020 when I was you know, running all these different things through a uh, media bias website, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to understand like, okay, this is what these guys are, this is where they're coming from. And that's why they are sort of, right. You know, yeah. And, and that's valuable to understand whether you, whether you've got a sense of yourself or getting it from another source. Yeah. 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 I, I think there's a certain amount of educating your palate when it comes to that. Um, and that, that's a useful tool. I mean, out, out in the gym, you know, Sometimes I wear the heart rate monitor yeah. to, to know where I'm at and have a reality check. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go without to say, okay, where am I doing? You know, the same thing with the, it's the, it's the having that sort of filtering tool. Um, it's useful to educate your palate so that when you come across the same thing, perhaps elsewhere. It's pretty tough, though, I find, to um, consciously choose an opinion that's like 180 degrees. Oh. And, <clears throat> and, then, re- and then finish an article. I actually really enjoy doing that. Um, you know, no surprise. I'm you know, past pa- 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 center right. Yeah. But one of my one one of my favorite places to go is I read Salon mm-hmm. every day. I read Salon, okay, and I I will occasionally read Slate, which is closer to center. Yeah. Um, pro- probably better better hinged than Salon. But I mean, Salon Salon is like the id of you know the the tolerable left, um, and so like the okay. Let's let's go through let's go through the presentation of the facts. You know this is verifiable. This is verifiable. This is verifiable. Um, got it. Now, here's where their opinions come in, and here's where their you know thing, things that I simply cannot you know abide s- abide. Yeah. Yes, um, but I at least want to know what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not on, it's not on the same level as you know you know read read the enemy's handbook, but it's useful to know it's useful yeah. to know what is what is um, part of the sort of spectrum of opinion on a particular issue. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. Also, yeah, and um, and and I I would have to say I'd find it. I don't think I could read Salon every day. It's yeah, it, it's it's an effort. Yes, Occ- I mean, occasionally I say I read this so you don't have to. Yeah, um, <laughs> but mean, you know, yeah, I'll I'll leave the specific sources for me, me out of it. Just as recently commissioned, yeah, uh, but, the right thing to do. Yes, but I, I personally find find it more enjoyable re- reading the stuff that is 
more diametrically opposed. Like I, I like as far as like pure news facts, like just kind of get get it wherever. But as yeah. far as the in- interpretation analysis, it's like okay, if you already agree with me, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to understand how you're going to analyze this particular topic. Yes. And so I find it more interesting get, getting it from like the the polar opposite, or, like where, where there's extreme difference. It's like okay, wow, you're looking at this in a way that like never even would have occurred to me. It occurred to mm-hmm. me because of yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, we, I mean, we all we all have our blinders, you know, and I, I, you know, it, your 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 entrenched views of things color how you process input. If you you know believe this set of things, or you or your um, set of experiences covers this spectrum, you're going to try to map everything that comes in. And I'm doing. Helpful hand gestures helpful for those hand, yes. following us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you're you're going to try to you have a map of reality in your head. You're going to try to map every new thing to your existing map. Yeah, yeah. I can make and every once in a while, it's like, uh oh, that's an error. I I need to readjust um, how I frame these things and and be willing to. Yeah. Yeah. Often the hardest and most valuable part. Yeah. Well. We've been been around the block enough times to do the, you know what? I was incorrect about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It's like, okay, if I can admit that I was wrong about that, I can admit I was wrong about this. Or, you know, hey, well, different context, but what Derek was talking about yesterday, you know, asking asking someone for, you know, the, you know, here's your view of the situation. Now what do you want to do? The, yeah. okay, you know, sometimes you're going to get something that you, wouldn't have considered sometimes it's going to be something you've you already know but you know that that ability to take in that input and and readjust um how you view and understand the situation in addition to having other benefits as well like giving other people ownership of things um you know that's just change your perspective yeah well we've never seen that before (laughs) (laughs) and i I, i'd like to think that uh you can learn from leadership by counterexample too Ooh, definitely. I, I did. I, I did tell the wrong person. I did tell the wrong person that once in the army, and I got a look. But you can learn an awful lot from from counterexample. Yeah. Yes. It's like see what that guy, see what that guy just did. Don't be that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> see how he solved that problem. A, it didn't. A, it's not it's a not solution, <laughs> and it's now aggravated. Yeah. So you can take what you will from that. So maybe not. Yeah. yeah. I think it's uh yeah maybe we'll we'll uh reconvene when you're down here uh I'm for the next always open thing put uh yeah I, th- I think um you, you had some insight on the um on the the first symposium that you had, mm-hmm. that you attended that I thought was quite fascinating but we're going to leave that for like a, a you know well, a time we when go we have for, more time there we go yeah and having having two under the belt I'll also have point of comparison yeah, so exactly comparatively exactly. I mean, it, it it is funny when I see people, you know, return um, mm-hmm. visitors for some other things. I was like, God, now we got to try and make it different, <laughs> which it's going to be no matter of what course. because of you know new new people, new ideas, new. Never step it, in the same river twice. You know, something, you something, and my shoes aren't even the same. So there you go. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Thank you. This is I a mean, pleasure. Thanks for uh, making the journey. A. Absolutely. And uh, emptying the, your cup prior. And oh, I, I, I will just say that it, 
an honor and privilege to be able to come down under the circumstances and, you know, it, with all the context. Um, as I said with the symposium last time, every, everything I hoped for and more than, more than I bargained for. Perfect. Which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, uh, books are given, not loaned. So uh, pass it on if you get done with it. I certainly shall. And then that other one you should track down for sure and uh, count on it. Yeah. Yeah. We can learn from many things and we should. Just so. Yeah. There we go.